メロカーフ Can I hear me? Welcome, everybody. We are on a Sunday night live on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. If you're watching on YouTube, it's great to have you. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. If you are listening to the podcast, it's also great to have you. We're glad that you're working us into your day, whether it's late, late Sunday night after this pod comes out, or Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, whatever. Share it with your friends. But either way, go to iTunes, leave us a five star review. In that review, leave us a question. Tell us your favorite bar. That's how you get in the Haberman. And Middlecoff mailbag, John. The、uh, streams comment section is、uh, salivating. Salivating. Everyone's、It's、been popping fired. Off, guys, popping Everyone's、off. been fired in the comments. <laughs> People, there there's is, a lot to talk about. I don't think there's anything quite like football. It definitely doesn't happen in baseball. And in basketball, it's like, you know, what is the coach really doing if you don't have the players? But in football, in college and the pros, they come after your job status very, very quickly. Coordinators, position coaches, and the head man. And though, once the head man gets in that circle, you know, that little、uh, we used to have on、target. the Oregon Trail, the, the target, everyone starts, starts shooting because it feels like there's one human right now that's in the target of the eye of the consumer. And that would be Kyle Joseph Shanahan. I don't know if his middle name is Joseph, but I just, whenever you say the middle name, it makes it sound a little more、uh, formal. Yeah. A couple quick comments, John.、Uh, John S says, What's up? I'm here to watch you guys rip Kyle. Marty says, The worst loss of Kyle's career, barred none. Matt says, Kyle wants to go coach in Denver or what? Steve O says, You guys should be fired. You just run your mouths. <laughs> John, you're fired. I just fired you. How about we give ourselves a raise? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We just run our mouths. I mean, I'm not here to do push ups.、Uh, boy, there's a lot to get to. If you, are, if you are watching us on YouTube, you've noticed that、uh, we're wearing the same thing, not on purpose. Here's a joke, John. Two guys walk into a bar. One of them's wearing an Olympic,、uh, an Olympic golf、uh, sweatshirt. One of them's not. Do you know which one is a member at Olympic?、Uh, the guy wearing the Olympic club.、Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. The guy not wearing the Olympic club. <laughs> We went, we played. We won't, we're going to get to the Niners, but just because we're wearing it, I feel like we have to address it. Our, my buddy Greg Mraz took us out. We played. We went to the bar afterwards. Two people in that whole bar wearing the Olympic logo. It was me and you. Everybody else was a member. We were there as guests. So there you go. I spent $400 in that shop before you could even blink. So yeah, I'm going to wear this shit every day. And it's comfortable and the logo's great. It's like、I'm, I take pride. It's like if you and I. Had somehow gotten on the grounds at Augusta, I promise you this, I'm probably wearing the Augusta hat or shirt for、yeah. several days, weeks, you know, le- after the fact. It's just the way it goes. It's、I、not、know. even about like, it's just, it's a great logo, very comfortable pullover.、Uh, Lim says, Do you think there's a chance Kyle is fired after this year? Mateo says, Fired D'Amico Ryans. And on and on and on. And、um, it's time to talk about it. So before we, did, we do, we, John, we, we, we did win at Olympic, though. The tandem. We did win. Yeah, we did win. I would, tra- I would trade that win, John, to have not watched the Cardinals get their ass, to watch not the Niners get their ass kicked by the Cardinals on Sunday. I would trade it. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. Same with Fresno State. Also got their ass kicked. Yeah. Ass Oregon kicked. State, Oregon State also lost. The ham、yeah. curse alive. Alive and well. Tito's is only supposed to be for、uh, celebrating, John, but this podcast is sponsored by Tito's. Tito's handmade vodka, number one vodka in America. If I could tell Kyle one thing right now, 
I'd say, Kyle, here's what I'd recommend you doing. When you get home tonight, you go right to your freezer. I'm sure you have a bottle of Tito's because most people do. It's the number one vodka in America. I need you to go to your uh, go to your cabinet, grab a tall glass, pour yourself a quadruple, and put maybe just a splash of cranberry, maybe just a splash of soda, and have yourself a Tito cocktail, maybe a several, because you need to figure some shit out. You need to do some deep thinking, and you need a little booze. So Tito's, number one vodka in America for a reason. It's incredible. Had a bunch yesterday. Um, swear by the stuff, and I know a lot of people do because we were someone tagged us in a tweet, dude, just ripping the bottle at uh, this Niners tailgate pregame. The best thing about that video was he pointed at the camera first, like, yeah, and then boom, yeah, he he hit it and it went down smooth because it's it the did. smoothest vodka you can possibly buy. Yeah, Tito's handmade vodka, John, six time distilled in copper pots, not columns. Is that more labor intensive? Yes, but Tito himself. The man for which it's named knew it'd be better. He's been winning awards. He's been slanging it to the point that uh, person after person after person went, you know what? It's not a bunch of flavors. It's not a fancy label. It's just the best quality. The best quality. Ask for it. Drink it. Enjoy it. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code Hammond, the number one. There was a win on that front today, John. There was a win on that front. There was. It, it didn't look actually. I, it didn't look too bad, but it was it was closer than I expected. I'll be honest. I, I thought it was going to be an easy double digit victory. Uh, you got to give the Eagles some credit. They fought, but we have been giving out winner after winner after winner. Now, luckily, you and I, you didn't listen to some of my other bets because the, the Fresno State, the Raiders, uh, and Derek Carr's interceptions. But the Chargers came through, and you know we we upped our bet. Now we got you know three hundred and eighty-seven dollars or something, or three thousand eight hundred and seventy-something dollars. I mean, we're almost at four Gs. Yeah, no big seven in a row. Arlon lock of the week or six in a row? Uh, it's six or six, I don't know. It's, it's one high. of the two. But we got now it's a little it. inflated because we hit a parlay, so we got an yeah, extra. But two that was grand. separate. I'm just saying we have yeah. nailed the lock of the week seven weeks in a row. Seven weeks in a row. I'm pretty sure it's seven. We can check the tape. Might be six. I think it, sure I think it is because three times three times six would be eighteen hundred, and then this week was four fifty. It's not quite eighteen hundred because you got to take vig. But I mean, we were, we were making a lot of money, guy. Just slamming bets. No big deal. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. Uh, Mybookie will match that first deposit, double it. Uh, up to $1,000. If you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. Either way, though, Ham One, let them know we sent you. We will. Um, this will be part of this week, as it is every week on the podcast, finding the next lock of the week. And uh, we'll look ahead to the schedule later in the show uh, or later in the week to find our lock of the week for this week. Mm-hmm. All right. With that said, John, this was a horrendous loss for the San Francisco fighting 49ers. Kyler Murray out. DeAndre Hopkins out. AJ Green out. JJ Watt out. Colt McCoy in. Adrian Peterson in his prime in. Earl Campbell in. And an ass kicking at the hands of Cliff Kingsbury, who was once fired by Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... Anytime you lose to a backup quarterback at home, you know, it's just, it's pretty inexcusable. I mean, it's when you're not, you know, the Jags or the Texans, right? I mean, there are a couple teams in the league that can lose anybody on any given time. But when you're a team that had playoff hopes reignite last week and just go, okay, 
You got a little momentum. You're playing at home. And to have Colt, it's one thing to have Colt McCoy and James Conner beat you. It's another thing to have them bend you over and kick your ass. Like I, I think I, James Conner, would you say the best player in the field today? Uh, he looked like he was at a different speed than everybody else on the field when he was on the field. Yes. Yeah, and, and Colt, I, you know, you got to give him his flowers. He was, he did look give, fantastic. He was twenty-two of twenty-six for two forty-nine. And how about some of his scramble? And they like brought was, a bunch of pressure on him, and he handled it. He was fucking good, and it's it's on the Niners when you make someone look good, and it's just it's a complete embarrassment. There's no way around it. Like there's not there's not a fan today. Like you have losses where you just go, what could you have done, right? Like today with the Packers, for example, you have the Aaron Rodgers situation. You throw in Jordan Love. Now it kind of sucks. You go, well, we used a first round pick on this kid. <laughs> you know, it might not be you know ever be worthy of it, but it's an understandable situation. This one, to me, is not an understandable situation. They came in, like you said, it wasn't just their backup quarterback. It's their star wide receiver. It's really their number two slash three wide receiver in A.J. Green, depending on the day. And then their star running back, who is, I know he's not technically a star, but he's kind of become one this year. He's been fantastic. Fucking is on the, is on the bench like five minutes into the game with a messed up foot. And you're like, okay, James Conner, who, let's face it, has kind of been you know, just a meh player comes in and just destroys you. Destroy at home. The Niners get their ass kicked at home. They, they, they just keep losing at home. It's crazy. I mean, today was an ass kicking. That's that's what today was. An ass kicking. Someone's like, you know, after the the Armstead uh penalty, where, you know, I helmet opening. Yeah, I mean, it was, listen, I, I thought it was a pretty ticky-tack call. But, like, that call, everyone's like, well, yeah, when you give him a first down or you give him a touchdown off a penalty. No, you didn't get a touchdown on the penalty. You got a first down, which I'm with everyone saying it's bullshit. But then the next play, they run this creative pitch pass. It was fucking sweet. They give him the touchdown on that? I don't know. I can't even remember, but it was. No, they, it didn't. Was, they didn't. It was sweet. He, yeah, but, but, uh, uh. The guy that Cliff caught challenged that pass it. scored a touchdown as I was Googling who he was. Yeah, that was, Is yeah, I saw, I saw you. you well, because my, like, the, I'm following so on the fast. box score only has one initial. And I'm like, all right, who's A. Wesley? And who's this quarterback they keep bringing in this game? And it's working. I don't know. That was a sweet working. play. It was a sweet yeah, play. It was twice they got the ball and immediately hit the Niners with a deep shot. Twice. Which, you know, is like the MO of anybody that's ever watched one broadcast of football knows the analyst always goes, you know, quick change. This is maybe where you take a shot. Or they just got a break after that penalty. This is maybe where you take a shot. I like Mark Sanchez, by the way. Um, but yeah, they just got they they cannot I the Niners defensively against the Cardinals remind me of a basketball team that's almost there all the time, and then someone's underneath the basket for a backdoor wide open layup. They almost get there a lot, but they don't get there a lot, and it yeah. leads to these like broken plays. They get all, they end up don't they end up in all these broken plays with some dude just running wide open or a quarterback finding a running back for eighteen yards on third and seventeen? It's wild. I mean, it's they are not only losing, they are back breaking to watch. The back breaking things happen to them repeatedly. It's really remarkable. Yeah, to me, they just got thoroughly outplayed. And you can be like, well, middle the fumbles. Well, yeah, like you said it to me before we hopped on. Teams, f- 
fumble all the time and don't just get throttled. Like, you can lose if you turn the ball over. Turning the ball over is a problem. That's why at every single level in the history of football, you talk about don't turn the ball over, the turnover battle. But just because you fumble the ball doesn't mean then automatically next play, they just get 40 yards. Like, it's one thing to fumble. It's another thing to be like, oh, yeah, we just tap out. And I thought the way they showed up today, it's like, where's the urgency to this game? That, to me, is what really the last couple games. Last week, they could overcome it. Why? They were playing the Bears. This week, and listen, I tip my hat to what they're doing in Arizona. Like, they got really good competitive character with that team. I mean, the defense, some of my buddies in the league were really down on Isaiah Simmons. He does fly around. Like, you just, their team's speed on defense is just, like, they are, they play their balls off. Like, they, they really, it feels like, play their balls off, the Arizona Cardinals. All, yeah. all the guys. Even Rondale Moore, like, even if he's, like, he just tries and tries and tries. It's like, some of the Niners have it. Like, Kittle always has it. But some of the other guys are like, where's your urgency? Where, where's the effort? And it all starts, like, you know, the, the, the head of the fish is where the smell starts or whatever the saying is. I don't know that saying, John, very well, but uh, uh, yeah, they don't feel close. They do not feel close, you know, and having to scratch and claw to find it against the Bears, we knew last week was not a good indication. It was good that they won the game, but we didn't take anything from that game as some indication that they'd turned a corner. They'd just been lucky to play the Bears. And then what happened this week, one of the reasons it's so appalling is because it feels like for a year and a half, the Niners have not been catching breaks, right? Kittle gets hurt. Bosa gets hurt. Garoppolo gets hurt, which last year in 2020 was not a break, right? Um, I saw I saw Beathard give Urban a big hug today after the win. <laughs> then this year, Kittle gets hurt, right? Trent Williams in and out. Like, it feels like they're not getting breaks. Then they got a break for their Sunday, November 7th game against the Arizona Cardinals. One of the MVP candidates in the NFL was just out. They caught a huge break. And they just, you handed them a big ice cream cone and they dropped it in the middle of the street. I found the saying. It's a fish rots from the head down. A fish rots from the head down. And this is where football is the ultimate, like, it's, it's, you know, it's on... Kyle didn't fumble or, you know, John Lynch didn't have Ayuk fumble, but ultimately it encompasses, it starts at the top. Belichick is in charge of everything. Kyle isn't like anything that's going on with the Chiefs. Andy Reid is responsible for. I, I, I tweeted it and I Instagrammed it weeks ago when Dabo said everything on this field, our scheme, our players, our personnel, it's all under my umbrella. I am the CEO head coach, general manager, boss of this whole operation. And I think where today was such an indictment on the whole thing, it's like, has Kyle, it just feels like his program is completely out of whack. And he has no control over what's going on consistently. And good head coaches, it's it's more than just a button up. I don't blame Kyle Shanahan for George Kittle fumbling. And I, I saw a coach said a couple weeks ago, I, I forget, it was a random team in the league. They had a, it might have been Jonathan Taylor's running back coach, or maybe it was their, maybe it was Frank, their you know, offensive coordinator talk like later that week. He had a couple fumbles. I, I can't write, remember. But he said, no player in the history of this sport has ever wanted to fumble. 
Like, n- neither of those guys wanted to fumble today. But to me, that encapsulates and kind of represents, like, for whatever reason, they're just not a button-down operation. Guys are just, when one guy's on, three other guys are off. Today, you know, the, the obviously the, the scoring element where Kyle's fucking punting like Jim Tom Sula. It's like, w- w- what is going on here? Where, where is, when, when you start slowing a game, that is reflective of the head coach. Are you prepared coming into the game? Yeah. The, so, yeah, you can blame individual players for stuff, but ultimately, the head coach is responsible for it all, especially a guy with this much juice when you factor in, too. Like, he's in charge of the personnel as well. Yeah. We, um, uh, I said this to you. It's funny. I said this to you the other day while we were golfing. For those of you who don't, John is pretty good at golf. I'm not. Um, but we were talking about something on the course, and I, it, talking about golf is fun, and talking about golf in the context of other sports is great too. Who, what, what? Um, there was a quarterback. There was some story about a quarterback. Oh, it was Matt Matt Corral. I saw a game day story about Ole Miss's quarterback Matt Corral like three weeks ago about how he's kind of a hothead and playing golf like helped him get perspective and understand patience and all of that, right? And what I said to you the other day, we were golfing, was nobody. You cannot ever. I don't think. Walk onto the golf course assuming every element of your game is going to be working that day because something invariably is going to go wrong and you're going to have to fix it on the fly. The fumbles were a part of the problem for the Niners today. They were not the only problem. If the other problem is that they punted on the first drive before they fumbled. They punted on the third drive after they fumbled. And in the meantime, Arizona scored two touchdowns. So it was all of that together. It was that their first drive out of the box was five plays. And the play after the fumble, when they'd given up a touchdown and had to respond, was a three and out. So it's all of that together. All those things together. Fumbles, if I told you before the game the Niners fumbled the ball twice, you'd go, okay, well, what else happens? Did the Cardinals score right away after the first one? Did the Cardinals score right away after the second one? Did the Niners go three and out after they get the ball back and then seven nothing? What else happens? D- didn't that huge fumble happen in like, I mean, almost to the red zone? It's not like he fumbled, like backed up where they had to like punch it in. I mean, he fumbled, they hit the play, the deep bomb. He fumbled way deep into their own area, the Niners area, right? So it's not, it, it'd be one thing if both fumbles happened, you know, pinned up in their own 15 yard line and like were easy scores. You'd be like, well, those were backbreakers. The Ayuk fumble, it was a kick in the dick. I think he literally got kicked in the dick on he one did play. later in the game. Yeah, <laughs> after he made one of his other incredible plays. But, but it was not a backbreaking fumble. That, that that to me is the thing. Like if you like when Derek Carr today threw a pick six, like that is a whoa, the air comes out from you. But the fumble is like, okay, take a deep breath. It's football. Sometimes you fumble. Can you figure it out? And you know, they they just it's just it I thought today just it just felt all day long, everything, beside like Kittle's effort and Ayuk's effort, it just felt like an embarrassing operation. That's what that's what it feels like. It's just it's just kind of embarrassing to watch. They are lethargic's probably the wrong word, but they just feel like meh. Like, what the fuck is going on? I, I just don't, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I can't wrap my head around it. But ultimately, it's all reflective of the head coach who has handpicked every single player in this roster, who is the offensive play caller, who obviously handpicked the defensive quarter, coordinator, which I, I know he's going to be an easy one. Like, he's not going to get fired. And, like, I, I put the personnel more on, like, D'Amico's not responsible for the personnel. And if they, if Kyle is letting D'Amico tell him to start the, you know, two corners in their 30s that no other team wants, 
That's on Kyle Shanahan as well. Like all this stuff, like no one can tell Kyle Shanahan, not even the fucking owner, what to do. Like that's just the way the 49ers work. Like Jed is not dictating anything football-wise to Kyle right now in season. So everything that happens on the field, Kyle's handpicking to do that. Who plays, who's in and, and by the way, active. most owners of successful franchises don't dictate, right? Yeah, I don't want Jed to say anything. Like Robert Kraft is, like, could have re-signed Tom Brady without Bill and said, all right, guys, you figure it out, right? But he didn't. Yeah. I'm he not saying Jed, what, what, what the hell would Jed Robert. even say? My, yeah, my yeah. point no. is, yeah. Kyle's answering to nobody right now. And it As does Jim Harbaugh feel, once said, bow to no, we bow to no man. Yeah, in this no, case, well, we answer well, to no man. What did he tell Jed? Men only? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Something like that. <laughs> not confirmed. Not confirmed. But it's just, when you have an operation that, that I think where people are struggling with this is the team looks terrible. And, and it really has for the majority of the season, besides little moments here and there. Right? It's one thing to have a good couple drives. It's another thing to play good games. Like, they don't even sniff good games. Even going back to the Bears game, they had a good half. The, the first half, they were terrible. They were god-awful. So you just go, well, and we've been talking about this for a while now. Like, how's Kyle going to get any help? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think it's possible. Like, what what can he possibly do? I don't think there are really any answers. (laughs) You know, it's just, he's just kind of, he's the captain. And he's going to make these decisions, good or bad. And right now it feels like every decision he makes is consistently awful. Yeah, it feels like it is snowballing. It has snowballed on them. Because... Uh, they look the same every week in that you see part of what makes it painful is that you see flashes of how good it could look. You see these drives get put together. It's like, bam, 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 bam. Like, okay. Now you don't, I don't see a lot of those flashes on defense. No, you do see the flashes, the rhythm on offense. But again, because you know, they they do have three or four, you know, probably yeah, four, you know, now with Elijah Mitchell kind of establishing himself, Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo, that at any moment can get you, definitely the receivers can get you 30, 40 yards with a blink of an eye. So I sometimes right. it's like, are they really having like well-operated drives or like did Kittle just make an incredible one-handed catch and take it 30 yards? But, but I do think at times we watch it and it just has the rhythm that it's had before. Like that flashes on offense. To me, they, except on third down for some bizarre reason, um, th- they do not have any sort of, the momentum is, it almost feels impossible on defense. Although Eric Armstead made a couple of plays, including the open helmet pole or whatever the hell that play call is called. Well, what did I, I, I called. said it last week. He is meant to be over guards. So yeah, you he did. Is, it, can, it can be an advantage for him as a player because he, uh, he doesn't quite have the explosion to come off the edge. But if you put him closer to the quarterback with his size and athleticism relative to a guard or center, it's a big advantage. And, you know, kind of, I you know, D Ford's, hurt again on his back injured reserve like who knows like he might be done so you just you have to live and die even if you have average ends beside bosa you have to keep 91 inside and now obviously you know kinlaw's out and I, I i do think this goes back to kyle like they would not have drafted javon kinlaw if kyle didn't want him on the team and he had this degenerate knee and i think a big reason that the defense is terrible right now because there are gaping holes in the middle why? Because their defensive tackles beside Armstead are tiny. Like, they're just small. So, and then Fred Warner, is it just as simple as, you know, the linebacker coach, I forget his name, but I saw the Niners tweeted it out. I think last week he was standing there with John Lynch. Remember, he got he has cancer, and he's, ta- you know, he's fighting it. And he came back to, like, see John, like, 
clearly that guy had been the, the linebacker coach for several years when Fred was fantastic, and you remove him, and you're taking a step back. And listen, I, I don't... You'd have to talk to LaFleur, McDaniel, or Kyle and to find out truly like the dynamic of each week, how important the three of them were together. And, and clearly McDaniel struggled, or not McDaniel, uh, LaFleur with the Jets is, hasn't gone well this year. I guess once they got rid of better with Mike White. Yeah. Uh, but that, like, they have they lost a key cog, and it clearly has impacted, like, the ebb and flow of an offense that really for two straight years, when they were really good in 19, and even when they were bad in 20, people thought the offense was a high, well-oiled machine. And that is not the case now. No. Four of 10 on third down, by the way, on uh, on Sunday. And, and I think, you know, the other part of this as it relates to Kyle, we've talked about Kyle a little bit in the context of just the game, but it's where you ask the question, where are the solutions? Where are the answers? It doesn't feel like there's a lot of answers. And I think back to Jonathan Smith being on the show, we apologize to him for bringing him on the show last week because just like Hayner got beat and Jonathan Smith got beat and that's that's the ham curse and we got we to gotta fight our way through that. Um, but what did he tell us? He said, you know, as an offensive play caller, I had to give that up to manage the whole thing. And there are a lot of coaches in the NFL that don't do that and, and don't do it with a lot of success, right, who run the whole operation and call offense. And I'm not saying that can't be done or even that Kyle Shanahan shouldn't be doing it, but when the defense has problems, that's also under the purview of the head coach. When special teams has problems, not just John Harbaugh's special teams because he used to be a special teams coach, when the special teams have problems, that's under the purview of the head coach too. And right now the Niners are just feel like they're constantly putting out fires. They can't get ahead. And, you know, I maybe part of that is just like health is somehow in some ways lucky, some bad luck can happen, and that's unlucky. Sure, that's maybe that's a part of it. But now this has happened week after week after week after week after week that they just cannot put the right pieces of the puzzle together. Well, and there's not two- like, did I hear booze today? Early in that game? Yeah, or late in that booze. game? Not yeah, the he- punt on fourth and not the late punt, but like at other points of the game, it felt like they were there too. Yeah, I think on a bad third down, like where Jimmy airmailed. I mean, J- Jimmy's not a big hit the guy. I, I tweeted this out. He, he doesn't hit many guys in the numbers. You know, it's like, uh, no, you, not you unless gotta, they can. A lot, lot, lot of vertical, a lot of region. Uh, <laughs> Kittle Every, made an incredible Everything's layered over linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, he airmails it so high sometimes, it's like he doesn't even know where it's going. And, and Sanchez on one was like, he was just throwing that away. I was like, yeah, if that was Brady or Peyton, I'd be like, for sure. I don't know if we can confidently say that with a Jimmy throwaway. You know, might have been throwing it away. He also might have just thrown a shitty pass. But, yeah, it's just... I, I don't remember a coach getting anointed is the wrong word, but I think universally praised and everyone thought highly of to just completely losing his operation. Yeah. I wasn't saying I wasn't raising my hand to interrupt. I was raising my hand to say, yes, that was me. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's snowballed on him really fast. And I think, you know, in different operations, you go, the GM let the guy down. Ultimately, Kyle's the GM, right? I mean, Lynch is entitled, but there there is not a player on the team. Like, Kyle has full control power of the roster. Every free agent, every draft pick. And, you know, I, I think we just need to get into just the, the, the way of the 2021 draft is kind of reflective of the operation right now. What do you mean? Well, you, you want to hit some ads first and then go into it? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I don't want to get to uh, to old Josh yet. Um, 
because I think just on the big picture, I'll say this. But, but before John, but before John, like I just, yeah, you're right. Okay, keep going. Uh, as as it relates to Kyle, I I uh, we'll say what you're going to say. This is on Kyle. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, I, I just think that. I mean, ultimately, guy, he just lost to Colt fucking McCoy at home. And, and right now, Cliff Kingsbury, who's someone that I have talked a lot of shit about, absolutely teabagged Kyle Shanahan today. A- embarrassed him, clowned him. I, I, I mean, dr- dr- what do the what do the kids say? Dragged. You got dr- you got dragged. Like he dragged him up and down Levi Stadium as he was blowing kisses at Jed. Like you guys are fucking losers now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cruise into the playoffs. Cruise like the Cardinals today. I mean, it's it's they're a lock. They are in the playoffs. When you're eight and one, is that their record right now? Eight and one. They might even have Kyler healthy by the time they get there. At this rate, <laughs> that that to me is like if you were gonna nitpick, like can Kyler stay healthy? But the one thing you can't dispute is say this about Cliff and Steve Kime. There is a guy picking the players who has a history of picking players. Why? He's a general manager and a scout and good. And then Cliff coaches the team. And he just asks what they need and he gives it to them. And they're on the same page. Like Kyle is this, you know, authoritative authoritative figure who it doesn't quite feel has to answer to anybody. And I know it's like, well, he got forced into Trey Lance. Bullshit. If he wanted fucking Mac Jones, he would have drafted Mac Jones. I don't believe that for a second. Now, did he, you know, he, every guy on this team is handpicked by Kyle Shanahan. Just a fact. Yeah, I don't believe it either because I don't believe that Kyle, for all his belief in what he does, would not recognize that the decision he made at quarterback was the biggest decision of his career, which is what we said at the time. This is the biggest decision of his career. And suddenly in that moment, let somebody pressure him to do something that he didn't want to do. Don't buy that for a second. Wouldn't have happened. Not not when he had the amount of juice that Kyle would have had in March. Like he had infinitely more. It just felt like equity with everyone, the juice. Now it would have been a controversial decision. It was it was snowballing that way, right? But he could have done it. He just could have. One hundred percent he could have done it. He chose not to. Because he wanted Trey Lance. I don't think I, w- I would never say never, right? Who just who said that recently? Never say never, but never. Mike Tomlin. Never say never, but never. So uh, obviously, I think the conversation is going to come up now, given how bad the loss was, given that this team's playoff hopes are, I mean, headed down the toilet. Uh, although if they'd won somehow Sunday, they would have been the seventh seed. I believe pretty wild. The NFC, there's some bad teams, the NFC. Um, there's well, not min- six great well, ones. M- well, Minnesota is also a bad team at three and five, but they are way more competitive than the Niners. Like they watching are. them today. Like they, they were on a completely different level. Like today's efforts by two teams that are three and five, and it feels like Minnesota was really, really tight. Like they should have won that game. They were in control of the game. And then obviously Lamar's incredible. The Niners just got bent over at home by Colt McCoy. Like that just happened. Colt McCoy. Has Eno Benjamin been active for, like, he's been in the league for a year and change, but I don't think he's been active that much. And he ran an exclamation point touchdown down their throat. But what I was going to say, huh? (laughs) I didn't even didn't. The Drake Kirkpatrick where he ran through him, that was Eno Benjamin. I know, it looked like James Conner. I didn't realize that at the time. Who, yeah, it looked like James Conner, who uh, looked like, well, you know, low man, low, low man wins. 
and he's low. Yeah, tough place to be. Tough place to be. But, you know, I think the question about hot seat is it, it, it's begun. Like, I've seen the conversation now. One thing Kyle is going to get is if the other stuff stays in line, right? His relationship with Jed, the operation in the building, team not falling apart, not other drama in terms of leadership. Like, he drafted Trey Lance. He's going to get the chance to play and develop Trey Lance beyond this year. I believe that, right? That's what I think right now. But, you know, I'll never say never. That you just don't know how think once think once you start losing, things can get weird. It's a lot easier when you're winning for people to get along and everything to be cool and plans to go, you know, people who disagree to find compromises. When you're losing, people who disagree disagree. I don't I, I don't know what's going to happen, um, but I think because of the quarterback, that specific conversation is probably going to go on for a while. It's going to have to wait for resolution. But um, I but I know it's begun and I understand why it's begun because it's it's, you know, this is a continuation of a team that's won uh, a lot less than it's lost. I'm with you. You never say never, but never. As of recording this November 7th, five o'clock on Sunday, I think he has a lock again. And it's uh, it's as ugly. It could even get uglier as as of right now. I think he has obviously this year and he has two more years with Trey Lance minimum. Like I, I think that's he's got he's got two and a half years left. If it just keeps going shitty, then he would be in major trouble. But like he's getting a couple years with Trey Lance, and this I was thinking about this today because it's going to be a conversation that a lot of people are going to say hot seat fire fucking Kyle. You do realize that Jed York minus one Kyle Shanahan year and landing Jim Harbaugh, like the York ownership, his parents and him included, is a clown show. Includes Mike Nolan, includes Mike Singletary, includes Jim Tom Sula, includes Chip Kelly, who was worse than all of them statistically and record-wise. Chip Kelly was worse than all three of those guys I just listed. So it's like, this is not, you know, and listen, hiring coaches is hard. Like John Mara, right? Feels like he misses on coaches constantly. But like it's... Jed York does not want to have to even attempt to do this again. So he is not in any rush based on the family history and knowing how ugly it can get fast. Like at least he's seen this guy have success under his watch and he's under contract for a long time, right? This is year two of a six-year contract. So he's a year and a half in to six years. That helps, right? If he had not got extended or whatever, and this was, right, year five, like, is he going to get an extension? Like, yeah, they'd you'd be a major question. But he got an extension after three years for six seasons. Six! And you could say, hey, that's that's on the owner, feeling a little too excitement. Yeah, you could make that argument now. At the time, no one was. But that's just a fact. And when you factor in that they've mortgaged the future for the quarterback which Kyle had to sign off on. So why wouldn't you just let him coach him? Yeah, I, right? the, the only thing that always comes into play in those situations, John, is like what does your stadium start to look like? Are people flying planes again? And that's where I think this week the conversation will have the conversation, although we can talk about a little bit today about Trey Lance. Like that's part of where that comes into play. But it just has felt like more often than not, the Niners are buying time until the next time. Right. Like, oh, the quarterback was hurt. Let's just get through this year and we'll get to the next year. Let's just get through this year. and We'll get to the next year. At some point, people stop waiting for the next year. And 
you know, there's no first round pick to tank for, so they're going to keep trying to win. Right? It hit me today, though, but you can tank for the second round. It's true. You can tank for the second round and then somehow trade that the tank third and the tank second. Do they have a third this year? Next year? I think so, yeah. To move up to the end of the first round? I think they get a Robert Sala pick as well this year. But, I mean, that, guy, it's November 7th, and we're, we mentioned the second No, I, I don't round. want to talk about that yet. I can't do that yet. <laughs> I, I can't either. Right? But, they, but they're coming off the worst loss of the weekend. The worst. Like, the Bills lost. Bills were on the road. You can go 12-5. and five. You're, One of those five losses is not going to be against a playoff team. Like, it feels terrible at the time, but you'll go, you know, the Jags won four games. They're going to knock off. I bet if you look at most really shitty teams that win, not like the Lions that are going to win one game, but a team that wins like five games, who we consider terrible, especially now, five. You win five games, you go five and 12. I bet three of those wins might have happen after November against good teams. I'm not saying the Bills are happy about their loss or it looks good right now, but they lost on the road. It fucking happens. The Niners lost at home to a backup quarterback who has five well, starts since 2015 and didn't just lose. It'd be you know the the Bills lost nine to six. The Niners lost 31 to it's 17, but it feels like five. It feels like they lost 31 to five. No, the difference. There's a massive difference between the Niners' loss and the Bills' loss, and the difference is. Like, you don't gain 25 pounds in a month when you have pizza occasionally if you eat a bunch of other good meals. The Bills are largely eating good meals and exercising. The Bills are eating their vegetables and their milk and they're exercising. And they had a slice, two slices, maybe a third slice of pizza today. They got beat by the Jags, whatever. The Niners have looked up and every week, every meal is a bad meal. And the next thing you know, you've gained 25 pounds. So the Jags beating the Bills doesn't, in the big picture, the Bills are fine. The problem with the Niners, if the Niners were 6-2 and two coming in this game, you'd say bad loss, but who cares? You move on. But it's the culmination, and it's that when you get backed into a corner, then that's when we should get your desperate best effort. And they were backed into a corner. Didn't – I mean, we eventually got their desperate best effort against the Bears. They got backed into a corner again against the Cardinals and got a break. It broke their way. Like, this is not – I can't talk about the just things don't go their way. The refs, the fumbles, they caught a huge break this week. And they, what did the umpire say? And they kicked it? That's Muffed the guy, it. yeah. No, the, the umpire that blew the, uh, the the Detroit Tigers guy's oh, yeah. perfect game. I kicked it. That's when he apologized. I just kicked it. Yeah. And they, they kicked it. They blew it. So... Uh, I, I don't know where they're going to find their answers. I know Trey Lance is going to be viewed as one of those answers, and he might be. He might be. Before we uh, go any further on th- that subject and more, John, let's tell the people about a good meal. Speaking of meals, Puesto. John, this is the good stuff. Several people over the weekend either tagged us in a photo or DM'd us and said, went to Puesto. It was fantastic. And yes, it is. Someone asked, I'm going, what, what do you recommend? And do you have a hookup? I said, yes, I have a hookup. For me, for you, I recommend the full-priced quesadilla taco, though. It's well worth it. It's delicious. But you don't even have to go full-priced because if you go on Tuesdays, they have this little thing called Taco Tuesdays. After 3 o'clock, everything's half off. All tacos are half off. If you're at the Niners game next week, you know, it feels like the season's over. They do have host Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams and Matt Stafford. That could get ugly. That'll go well. Uh, I I would imagine Dre... Kirkpatrick and fucking Josh Norman aren't going to cover his soul, but 
If you're going, sections 110 and 129, Puesto's in the building. Also, if you live in the Bay Area, there's one in Concord. There's one in Santa Clara. If you live in Southern California, Puesto started in La Jolla. You ever been there? It's pretty nice. doesn't suck. Several in Southern California. So Puesto have great margaritas and obviously Taco Tuesday after 3 o'clock, half off tacos. Yeah, well, they got the Taco Tuesday, half off all tacos starting at 3 until close. They also have happy hour, which is from 3 to 5 every Monday through Friday. So if you go on a Tuesday, you could really double up because that's the $9 Puesto Perfect Margaritas, the $7 Wine by the Glass, the $6 Shot of the Day, the $5 Puesto Draft Beers, and half off all snacks and shares. So uh, that's 3 to 5 Monday through Friday, plus the Taco Tuesday, half off all tacos from 3 until close. Again, people keep asking. I love the Quesabiria Taco, which is the crispy melted cheese. Inside the tortilla, it looks like a double tortilla, but it's a tortilla yeah. house-made every day. Masa John, the best from Masienda. Uh, again, not positive that to plant or replace. And uh, it's got the cheese inside, the braised short rib. That's my personal favorite. But you went with the um, you went with the fish taco, the Baja fish, and the I want the, the flame and yawn and, and, and the, the shrimp. Yeah, yeah, they're bomb. So yeah. the Adler brothers know what they're doing when it comes to uh, artisan kitchen and bar puesto. We love it. You will, too. Go check it out. Podcast also brought to you by Liquid IV. Oh. LiquidIV.com. Uh, code ham. Code ham. Code ham at checkout. Code ham at checkout for Liquid IV. I've been uh, – I'm actually drinking tea today, but weekdays I try not to start with coffee first thing out the box. I like to get a little hydration in it. Even though I haven't been sweating, it's cold. It's not about dehyd- – dehydration doesn't just show itself when you sweat. So it's easy to miss the signs of dehydration here in the cool temps. So get yourself going a little bit. First thing in the morning, maybe grab a little hydration multiplier and get your day started right. Yeah, here's what I do. I take a little Aquafina bottle of water. I, I take a power sip, and then there's a little extra, and then I pour one of the liquid IV things in there. I put the cap on, I shake, and then I slam. And uh, whether you don't even have to be hungover. It can increase your hydration, but if you are hungover, that's where they are incredible because a hangover is just dehydration. Get your hydration levels up. And unlike, you know, some of the sports drinks that are really sugary, these are fantastic for you. Uh, Non-GMO, vegan, free, gluten-free, dairy, no soy, very clean ingredients. Uh, The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream, guy. Right there, hit you, and you're ready to roll. Uh, Liquidiv.com, promo code ham at checkout liquidiv.com promo code ham at checkout the company donates four million servings in response to COVID 19 products are being donated to hospitals first responders food banks veterans and active military they've donated over 11 million servings globally they got flavors at walmart nationwide or get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com use the code ham at checkout that's 25 percent off anything you order when you get better hydration today using liquid uh going using code ham at liquidiv dot com all right uh josh norman i cut josh norman monday morning first thing um i think josh norman who committed a pretty bad penalty a taunting penalty which we could debate whether or not he deserved a taunting penalty whether the nfl should even be calling taunting penalties but here's what we know the rules are well established the niners made a big stop on third down and uh josh norman committed a taunting penalty that got the ball back first and first down instead of a third down leading to a field goal attempt for the Arizona Cardinals. It weirdly included also a 15 yard penalty on Cliff Kingsbury, uh, which was 
I, I don't Cliff and Josh Norman were going at it, which was uh, interesting. Uh, after the game, here's a tweet from David Lombardi. DJ Humphreys, the guy that was getting in the face with Josh Norman, said, I saw him walking towards Cliff like a tough guy, flexing his arm, so I wanted to nip it in the bud. I was looking for him after the game, but I couldn't find him. Um, I had my helmet off. I wanted to give him an advantage. So I'd cut Josh Norman, not just because Wait, Josh D- Norman. DJ Humphreys was acting like he was going to fight Josh Norman? Like yeah, he said, coach. I was looking for him after the game, but I couldn't find him. I had my helmet off. I wanted to give him an advantage. <laughs> but I'd cut him, John, and it's not because just he committed the penalty and not just because Tavon Wilson was trying to get him out of the game, basically waving at the sideline, like, get this guy off the field. And Josh Norman was pushing him, too. But he doesn't have a good reputation. He didn't have a great one when you got him. What he did as a player, it's not been particularly impressive on the field. And then in a desperate game, when you could not afford stupid mistakes, he made a stupid mistake. And it's kind of his MO, and it's kind of his history. And I think he represents the 49ers organizationally compromising their values to sign this guy that they probably wouldn't want on their roster most years. If you told John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, go build the roster you want, they wouldn't have Josh Norman on it. But he's on it because they had to make a compromise because they desperately needed a cornerback. So they signed this guy who was not on another team. Well, guess what? It bit him in the ass. Well, I think he also represents through eight, eight, nine games, three and five, I guess eight games, week nine, because they had the bye week. What looks like, you know, in the immediate impact, one of the biggest joke drafts we've ever seen. Obviously, the quarterback's not playing, and he's going to, you know, sway the draft one way. But minus the first-round pick, when you draft a guard, if I said you're going into a draft, what are the easiest positions to pick? It would be running backs. Like you should be able to get a running back in a draft who can contribute and interior offensive linemen. You could also say defensive tackles, but I think sometimes if you don't get a pass rush, it's hard. You think the defensive tackle sucks, but a guard or a center. And the reason they signed Josh Norman is because they feel they don't have any corners. Well, they drafted two corners. One guy in the third round and another guy in the fifth round, and neither guy can play. Neither of them can play. And then today, Aaron Banks is is inactive for it feels like every single game this year. Their offensive line, in you know, their interior offensive line is not great. Brunskill is not a very good player. You drafted this guy in the second round, not the fifth. He cannot dress. Trey Sermon, who you used a third round pick on. So you're watching Josh Norman and some of these random guys, but you had a bunch. It's not like the Niners. Traded up for Trey Lance, and they're only able to get four picks. It was Trey Lance, Elijah Mitchell, you know, a couple other random guys. Like they had a lot of picks last year, and none of these motherfuckers are playing because all these old guys like Josh Norman. Like, why is Josh Norman in the game? If you hadn't drafted a corner, I'd go, listen, they did a poor job developing the depth. They had a guy get injured and they were in a tight spot. But for this team is three and five, not winning. They're, they're terrible on defense, and none of their young corners play. Like Josh Norman is getting smoked. Josh Norman's backup, another old has been who was never that great, gets trucked, like you said, by Eno. I, I assumed it was James Conner. I had kind of turned down the volume by then. So it's like those guys aren't even getting the reps. Your, your draft is an embarrassment right now. And this goes back to Kyle. I, I just think he's got – I don't like my coaches to have too much juice in my draft. I, I just don't. I think that team who you just witnessed, don't they feel like they have a shitload of talent right now on Arizona? Just their play speed, their backups, 
they're just defensively everywhere. Do you feel that watching the Arizona Cardinals play this this I year? I feel like watching them on defense. I didn't feel that way necessarily watching them on November seventh against the Forty ers on offense, but they looked good. Yeah, but offensively but I, they they they're all their top players are out. Right? Yeah, well I know that's what I'm saying. And, and still, a Wesley looks but, made but some de- but, but defensively, if like for Hurts. example, you, yeah, you you agree they're very very talented. Yes, Cliff Kingsbury is not dictating the draft. Kindness. Well, Kyle's dictating the draft. And that, that to me, it shows you, like, and here's what I know Kyle is dictating. Now, you could argue that, like, third, fourth round, maybe Lynch has a big juice, whatever. He is definitely dictating who's on the field. You cannot tell me, well, D'Amico's telling him Josh Norman. Well, if that's the case, that's a fucking joke. And I, I have to assume that Josh Norman is out there because Kyle Shanahan wants him out there and does not trust even if he's going, well, maybe D'Amico's telling him, or maybe you know they're, they're position coaches, the young kids aren't ready. How about this, Kyle? You're the boss. I want to fucking see him on the field. You tell me one more time, Aaron Banks is getting a lot of good, good run in the scout team. Well, you drafted this guy in the second round, and he's a guard. A guard in the second round. I think we yeah, well, all but agree. Look, if you, if you can't get a this. guard to play, I like would Josh, say Norman, this about Aaron Banks. Josh Norman shouldn't even be here. I will say this about Aaron Banks. If you're if you got a guard that's not ready to play, it's a lot more dangerous on the field than a corner that's not ready to but play. But how, how could you possibly know that? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's getting beaten practice every day. I don't know. I'd love to see him too, but that's one where it's don't compound your mistake by putting him on the field when he doesn't belong there. But how, how but I've seen Lenore, these like Lenore and Ambry Thomas can't be any worse because I'd rather if he could play right tackle, that'd be more helpful when Tom Compton was out there. That would have been more helpful. Like they got Who? problems, but I, I'm just saying the Niners have problems. Is offensive line their primary problem? Like corner is a fire drill right now. But okay, maybe I've spent too much time on it. You're right, but the, they they drafted two corners, guy. They I know. they used and yes, it's not like well, I, I, we, John, they're two seventh round picks. One guy was a third round pick, so it's like, well, hey, how's he going to get on the field? You got Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, and Deion Sanders out there. I'd go, yeah, it makes sense, right? It's hard for Jonathan Kaminga to get some run. Your fucking team's really good. It's another thing when you're like these two random corners that were not even on the team in August that you're just like, we're just letting go down with the ship with Josh Norman. Now, I, I think I, Lenore just had a baby. So who did. knows, like the last couple days. It's, but, it, but it's not about today specifically, even no, though Norman, not. like you said, represents it today. It's, it doesn't even feel close to letting those guys on the field. They're just We're going down with Dre and Josh Norman. Like it's, That to me is pretty head scratching. Yes. When, to me, Josh Norman's not just representative today. It's representative of that draft. The second they signed him, they were compromising what they're about. Well, why they, they signed him, right? Because they were desperate to win and they, they just were felt more comfortable so I get with it. a veteran. You make compromises when you're desperate. You take loans from Sharks and you make compromises. But why would they but, be desperate when they drafted two corners? Like, isn't that part of the deal? I, I, it bit them. They were desperate. They missed. They weren't ready. Whatever. Couldn't coach him up. Like, we, could ad- we could figure out the, the, the steps along the chain of player selection and development whether they missed on them whether they can't coach them up whether they don't trust them whether they're they're risk averse and they're not willing to put them on the field whatever it is they went and they compromised and they got josh norman and it and yes he somebody pointed out because i pointed this out to you the other day when you're like get him off the field and i said well he has forced a couple fumbles he it the risk of josh norman bit you and i you know the other day a few weeks ago we talked about trent cannon and you said, yeah, I, I was at the Sunday night. Was that a Sunday night game? 
You're like, I'd cut him to send a message. At no, least that was it, it, it was it was the day game against Seattle where he muffed the punt and yeah, then fumbled okay. it again on the same deal. At least that was a mistake of just sometimes you play the game and th- shit happens. Well, my but issue was not – I didn't know anything about the guy's character yeah, or anything. No, it was just like th- this cannot be tolerated. When saying, they remember how hard they tried in I'm that game? I'm saying that is more tolerable than what Josh Norman did on Sunday. I agree because I bet they would say, listen, we love the kid. He made a mistake, full speed, and I would get it. My point on cutting him was that – and this goes back to everything. You guys are just tolerating everything. Everything is tolerated. So, yeah. Like, Belichick has cut a lot of players for fucking up football, right? Like, you, you fumble in a big spot, he might cut you. Because, like, that's not, this is the big leagues. That is not tolerated. And then when that gets tolerated, then the Josh Norman thing, and you could be like, well, they didn't let Josh back into the game. It was already too late. Like, he's already, he's been getting smoked, and you let him stay out there. Like, you're already tolerating his poor play every single week. You're tolerating his poor play. It's like Fred Warner, for example, clearly is not playing as well as he's played the last couple weeks. But you're all in on drafting the guy, signing him to a big contract. Like, he's your captain. Like, if he's going to struggle, he's going to struggle, but you're not getting rid of him or whatever. This guy just comes out of nowhere, and you're just kind of letting him dictate the terms of all these plays. And I, why would I be shocked Josh Norman doesn't get released or whatever? They didn't do anything with, with uh, Compton, even though situations are very different. Like you said, Cannon. one is a football mistake, or Cannon, one, one's well, a football yeah, mistake. I think, I, think, I think there's a difference in the They just tolerate everything. Yeah, but, I, but to me, Cannon, like people fumble, like people fuck up football games. And I don't know what you've put on tape and what you've put in practice and what you've put in the meeting room. Why well, just and, they don't have anyone else probably. To well, yeah, but what I'm saying is what Josh Norman did to me is inexcusable inexcusable for a veteran in a desperate game as of recording this on sunday at 5 30 at night do you think josh norman survives i i mean i don't know i really don't know i would not shock me to see him cut on monday but but you're not necessarily expecting it because i'm not no i don't really know what to expect that's the problem because they have no rhyme or reason with anything they have no rhyme or reason with anything they do right now it just feels like everything's just out of whack the whole thing's just out of whack. And that draft, Josh Norman, it all encompasses, like, what is going on here? What is going on? It's, this is not three-dimensional chess at the moment, no, as we like to say. They just got curb stomped by Colt McCoy in Kingsbury. And, and, and listen, like I said several weeks ago, even good coaches have rough stretches. It's now snowballing into it's more than just X's and O's. And, and Norman it represents that, right? Yeah, to me, that's the difference between him and Cannon. Is like, if you're going to lose, lose, but don't lose like this. Don't lose shooting yourself in the foot with, with mental lapses, like ego lapses, like trying to fight with a guy. Well, my, my and and my belief is with football stuff, I give longer ropes to like obviously the two fumbles with Kittle and Ayuk today hurt, right? They were bad, <laughs> they hurt. Yeah. Both those two guys in both those two instances were trying to make plays, right? They, you know, Kittle's running through guys. He did like a he did like a a leap. <laughs> he's just trying to make shit happen. Same with Ayuk. Ayuk's having his breakout game. He's just making plays. He's trying to get shit done. And both I those guys came back and made more plays to make up for it. They combined for almost two hundred yards receiving and two touchdowns. Just making plays. And I think sometimes, like I, because they're two of your better players, so I, I'm going to live with their mistakes. I just go back to Belichick. Like, obviously, Gronk and Edelman were allowed to fumble, but his margin for error with the random guys, I 
it sets the tone for those guys laying it all on the line, and then you lost, like, in that individual game, the cannon fumble really hurt. And then today, the Norman thing, again, did that Norman penalty, is that the reason they lost the game? Of course not. <laughs> the reason, because they couldn't tackle anyone in the open field. Colt McCoy, someone texted me his stats, texted me his stats at halftime, and it was like, I don't even think the guy broke a sweat. I mean, it looked like, it's probably he what he looked like against Texas 15, Tech. 12 of 15 for 145 at the half. It was probably what he looked like against Iowa State or Texas Tech back in like 07. And you're just... John, how about his post-game stats? 22 of 26? Now, the one Connor was a little dump-off screen pass that he took far. But, you know, I thought he was just... That, that the deep ball was perfectly shot, right? The, the deep ball that he hit to Kirk when... Like, that's another example. Right now, Hufunga's playing. They have injuries. Jimmy's hurt. Uh, Tarts hurt. Ward, you just Jimmy Ward. Yeah, Jimmy Ward's hurt. So you have a guy who's a backup player. And I, Cliff, I, I give Cliff credit. Like, he has his backups in. They have a schemed play the way that formation was to get a one-on-one situation with Kirk on Hufunga. Yeah. Clearly, right? The way they put him in the slot, the way he ran his route, and they know what? Hufunga's not going to be able him. to run with him. And ultimately, you have to, quote-unquote, execute the pass, right? You've got to be accurate. And, and this happens throughout every game that you see during the week, right? There's a specific call against a specific player, and sometimes they hit and sometimes they miss. But like Cliff, it felt like that play, the play that the, the screen to... Because uh, it was like, oh, they're going to sack Cole. Oh, no, actually, it's a screen. And wouldn't you say like it felt he was very in control of dictating the terms as a play caller? And he's yeah. just... I think he's been in control all season. Like, just now he's got really good players. They have a lot of team speed. They clearly just have a lot of team depth. Like that—that that to me was indicative today. Like one team has a lot of has a lot of team depth of NFL players of NFL players, and the other team is just like some of their backups feel like guys you would get rid of in a heartbeat. Like, don't you think the 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 Arizona Cardinals just going into the season felt pretty good? Like James Connors, our third running back, right? Or whatever, right? He's just a backup, but we feel very, very comfortable with him on the team. Where clearly the Niners are like, yeah, we drafted Trey Sermon in the third round, and we don't even think he's good. And you'd be like, well, how do you know what they think of him? Well, or don't they trust de- him, or whatever. They, yeah. yeah, they deactivate him. He's a healthy scratch. <laughs> That's- Which normally, what do we always talk about draft? When you talk about college players getting drafted, particularly juniors, and I'm not, this is just in general. If you ever have this conversation with somebody, like, well, if you want to go pro now, just go. Well, oh, yeah, it might be a fifth rounder. And there's a big difference between being a fifth rounder or a second rounder or a fifth rounder and a third rounder. Because when you're the higher you're drafted, the more invested in you a team is, the more benefit of the doubt, the more chances they give you. He's not getting any like they're not treating him like they like them in the draft. They're treating him like they don't like him. It's wild. They thought he was ready to play because they played him. It's not like he hasn't, it's not like Aaron Banks, right? Where he hasn't played. They thought Trey Sermon was ready to play. They've been playing him. Early in the year, they played him, tried to play him, and they haven't and, seen him and, since. And, and, and unlike the Norman situation with the rookie corners, Trey Sermon not playing or playing doesn't necessarily impact them as much because the guy they are playing is really good, right? Elijah Mitchell looks fantastic. So it's not like we're more arguing of like, how do you fuck up the pick like that? Why didn't you just take another player that could have helped you at another position? Like you just got a player that you don't think is good enough. Where, but running back's not their issue, right? When Elijah Mitchell's in the game, he's really good. The Norman thing is like, well, 
he wasn't your guy. You had to sign him out of desperation, and then you keep playing him, and he's getting smoked. He and he's now having crazy penalties. Like, what's the point? I get signing up. It's funny when uh, in, in football, and Roger said this about a guy they signed to, just because it's the football lingo. Like, this guy was on the street. We call them street free agents. Even though a vet like Richard Sherman was a street free agent. No, he's not on the street. He's a multimillionaire living in a big home who's just waiting for a call. He's not like he's not like a bum on the street, but he was a Josh Norman would have been considered in NFL lingo a street free agent who had no connection to the program, right? It's not like, you know, Josh, he'd been he'd been on the Niners three years ago for Kyle's first two years. He's comfortable with Kyle. That's not the case. He hadn't been around. Like you just signed him and then you're you're letting to go down with him? That's what doesn't make sense to me. They're like Okay, he's getting smoked. Well, the rookies will get smoked too. At find least somebody, like, yeah, well. find another street free agent. Like, say what you want about Akella Weatherspoon. He was hit or miss. At least he was just always out there, and you just like, well, he's either going to be good enough or he's not, but you drafted him high. Let's see what he has. Yeah. Right? And then ultimately you can move on when he's not good enough. But Josh, whether you cut him tomorrow, cut him at the end of the season, whatever, he, he's just such a short-term Band-Aid that is not covering up the wound. The wound has been leaking blood the moment he showed. Now, he's made a couple tackles in maybe the Colts game. Like, he has made a couple plays, but it's all tackles, like a linebacker. He can't cover anybody. He can't cover anybody because he can't run, guy. He cannot run. Marquise and Parker. Then, and then he's a PI machine. Marquise Parker in the stream uh, talking shit, but he used his full name on the internet, so I got to give him his credit. Y'all trash, LMFAO, and was talking big shit on Twitter during the offseason. I seen this flawed roster and terrible head coach miles away. I did hate the cornerback situation the whole offseason. I do think one thing that's been really apparent watching them or just like is glaring is that it feels like there are some really high-end players and then a, a roster around them that can't do enough to help them. Well, like if you if you ask like Bears fans like why they're really mad, they'd be like, well, because we really only have like two sweet guys and then most of our guys are kind of average, right? The Niners, you can count five or six players the league would love to have, right? Trent Williams got an elite left tackle. Debo's a stud. Ayuk, like, listen, they can say whatever they want about him practicing. Like, he's an elite talent. Like, that. Dante Pettis' best day, he never sniffed having that in the bag. Kittle, when he's healthy, is a monster. Nick Bosa is just an elite pass rusher. Hell, even Eric Armstead, who's not in those guys' group, is a starter slash getting huge reps for every team in the league, right? Fred Warner starts for every team in the league. So it's like you have, you don't just have two like blue chippers. You have a ton of them. And then, and you can throw an Armstead there as well. So it's like, what? And hell, Elijah Mitchell immediately goes like, this guy's playing for every team in the league, right? So it's like, what is going on? We yeah. can't cover a soul. You can't open field tackle anymore. But to me, it's not even just the open field tackle guy. It's they, they just feel like, they're getting out schemed on a weekly basis. They feel like they're pushing the wrong button a lot. Yeah, that's what's crazy. On both sides, it's like, well, the offense doesn't quite really hit. And defensively, it feels like they're always against the ropes. And part uh, of that is when you when you get run on, I think when you get run on, it can be very demoralizing. <laughs> because then it just opens up the pass and it feels like they're hitting you at every angle. They're running it on you. They're hitting deep balls, PIs. You're like, what the fuck? Duck Stars has a good comment. It goes back to leadership thing. There's no one in the locker room that steps steps up and tells Josh Norman to sh sit down and shut up. Yeah, I mean, it's Tavon Wilson is the guy trying to get him to shut up, right? Screaming at him to calm down. 
he's a Belichick guy. He's played for the Patriots. Yeah, but they, yeah Tavon Wilson's a veteran. Screaming at him to calm down. And Josh kept shoving him. It's like, Josh, you're wrong, buddy. And I and listen, I, I can be my older days probably more of a hothead. I don't, I don't get as angry as I used to. But I understand in the heat of the moment, when you're angry, it's hard to think. But clearly, it's in the NFL, guys are able to kind of, most level-headed good players, right, can kind of pull back immediately when they realize they screwed up. It was clear they could not. His own teammates couldn't calm the guy down. And no. he was wrong. Like, bro, you you got the flag. It's on you. That happened. On you. Also, it was just Cliff. They just got in his dome. Who, right? they, Yeah, I mean, like... He was acting like he was up 43 to 14 in a college football game. Like, well, you weren't, you know? And it was Cliff that was on the sideline laughing. And I don't blame him. He knew he was in his dome because he knew he had the answers to the quiz. And the Niners didn't. But that, that goes back to the overall arching thing that you started off with. Why are they letting Josh Norman dictate some of the terms of their success or failures? That's what's crazy to me. Like, It'll why tell is me it him? if they, you know what, like if they don't cut him on Monday or whatever Sunday night, I don't know. Then it, that's a message too. Because what would their devil's advocate be like? Well, who's going to cover Robert Woods next week? Well, not Josh. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody at, at this see, rate. See if Lenore Thomas, a dude on the practice squad. I don't know. See anyone else beside this dude. And listen, I I do in a weird way. Today was a clown show by him. I appreciate his game. Any corner that will be physical, he's a great tackler. He is not like a lot of corners get the knock for just being kind of soft. That's he not, might have tackled Eno really, Benjamin, right? He would. Eno Benjamin could not have run over Josh Norman. Like that's what I thought when that play happened. Was did the Niners give up a touchdown to prove a point to Josh Norman, or did Josh Norman let his team down on that play again? Josh Norman's. Uh, penalty came back to bite the Niners again because he rightfully got benched and he wasn't on the field when Eno Benjamin ran that touchdown in. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't see how you could bench a guy for a half who's a free agent that you pulled out of your ass and then still keep him on the team after the incident like that, after you just lost. Like there has to be some sort of like. It's an easy one. It's an well, easy one. Well, to me, my canon thing, and again, I, I don't necessarily know all the dynamics of the locker room. Maybe they'd be like, listen, no one was mad at him for muffin and fumbling. Like, that that didn't reflect anything. It, it wouldn't prove a point. Like, maybe that's what they would say. This one, there has to be some guys in the locker room going, you know, are we We are what we tolerate. And right now, they're tolerating. It. I think one problem I think a lot of fans have, uh, do my text messages, some group text messages I'm on, it just feels like everything's being tolerated. Like, there's no... For the Kyle being this kind of weird, old-school hard-ass for being a younger guy, it's like he picks his, the weirdest battles, but then he doesn't attack the easy one. Like, like you said, if they don't cut Norman tomorrow, does he have naked pictures of Kyle or something? Like, what, what could possibly be the thing? How, how could you possibly – how could you? Would, would, would Kyle argue the way he handled Ayuk worked? Because Ayuk looked good. But I'd argue, like, would he not have just looked like this if you were feeding him the rock? He might have he looked like this a long time ago. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if, like, the, were there specific talks with him and he's showing up late? Is it more than just that'll ever get out because they did value the talent? My, my thing always was with him is, like, I saw enough as his rookie year. Like, this guy's talent. This is not some flash-in-the-pan talent. Like, this is a talent. 
and you invested in it. When you have to teach a guy a life lesson, it's one thing if it happens a game. It felt like it took three or four or five when you were losing games of games that you needed to win. And now it's too late. Like maybe if you got this effort a couple weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, instead of being three and five, hell, maybe you're four and four, right? Because today it wouldn't have mattered, right? But if you got that 100-yard outburst from them against Seattle, maybe it's different when the game was in the balance at 7-7. Yeah. That, that, that was, I think, most people's argument. Like, you just, what's he doing, Kyle? You have to explain to us what he's doing beside, like, you know, his, uh, his, uh, what was it called? His GPS numbers. He just, he's not quite fast enough. It's like, uh, that one's a hard sell to me. It, it just is. Yeah, I think I do wonder if that one was specific. That specifically was some, uh, like cover, not cover, but just an easy way to talk about it. I don't know. It feels like there's they didn't want to share, and that's okay. It might have worked out. They, we might, hopefully for them, they're on the other side of it. But like you said, it's too late. It looks yeah, it's like too it's late. too late with the Rams next week, and we'll see as we're recording this. Sunday Night Football has begun, but um, but w- w- they're up three nothing. But w- regardless, they're going to be. What would you guess? P- points uh, games at home on Monday Night Football. I'd say Niners again. Let's. Uh, Assuming Matt Stafford or something doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I'll go Rams or minus. No, I'm going to go more. I was going to go like, I was going to say like eight and a half, (laughs) nine, nine and a half. I think going to be kind of big underdogs. If it's that's pretty reflective of a disaster, that's the case. Patrick says, you guys still in the wild card. NFL really crappy. NFC really crappy. Uh, I'll let them know. I mean, I did watch. Like, you, you made a good point. I mean, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, New Orleans. By the way, is just such a classic uh, NFC game that I watched. You know, it for Atlanta's four. They're four and four. I know. I couldn't believe it, but you I, I texted you that today. They're about to be four and four. I, I got bad news for the Niners about the NFC wild card because I think we thought, like, well, Carolina sucks, Minnesota. You do know that the Seattle Seahawks have the same record as the 49ers. They beat the 49ers and their best player. If you follow him on Instagram, always does these weird Instagram pics where he's holding the football to show everyone that he's close. Is going to come back. John started and, throwing started throwing weeks before the doctors thought he could. But according to him, the, the Niners are below them. Right? They have the same record at three and five, but yet the Seattle beat them. And Russell's going to come back whether it's I don't know next week or the following week. Like that's advantage them as long as Russell Wilson plays. It's advantage Seattle. Do you agree with that? So that would mean the Niners are the fourth yeah. best team in their own division. Right. And it's a little bit like uh, what Mike Pettin said back in the day. We've acted like Seattle's a clown show and a joke. <laughs> well, then what are the Niners? Their building's on fire, yeah. They beat them, and they've been missing their starting quarterback. Now, I guess they got a bye this week. They do have a little tough two-game stretch back-to-back. They get the Packers next week. Who will you know? I guess Rodgers will be eligible to come back if he passed the test. Uh, says he's feeling good after ivermectin, and then they get the Cardinals. So I mean, that was, that's a that's a two that's a tough two game stretch. Did you see by the way Matt Lafleur's press conference? They're like, "Will you listen to the interview with Joe Rogan?" He's like, "No, probably not." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a tough spot. 
Uh, we actually got some takes on that coming up a little later. But uh, how about this? For those of you, oh, oh, do do we want to talk about Trey Lance on this podcast, or do we want to? Well, let's, let's save it. I mean, what's okay? That feels like a, there's a. I mean, Kyle said he's got to watch the tape, but Jimmy's still going to be his quarterback as of this moment in time. Like, is is Trey Lance playing next week? Uh no, probably not. But I got to watch the tape. From that a football standpoint, just really quick on Jimmy. Like, like everyone, I saw this on social media. People, like he was not. They didn't win or lose because of him. But his accuracy is a pretty big disaster, right? He is not a very accurate quarterback. I think that when he plays a game and doesn't throw an interception, that's found money. And, and he he threw one today. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny, but you you said it to me. Somebody said it in the chat on Ayuk's fumble. Ayuk probably prevented a pick. Like as that ball is sailing, you're going. Unless this ball is going to travel another twenty yards downfield, that's way too high for somebody to catch. Would you see the and it happens a lot? Him? You see the DB behind him was like this. The DB behind him thought he was going to pick the ball. Ayuk turned into you know LeBron James. That that was an incredible. The shitty part about his fumble, the effort on the catch was. What do you think his vert was? Minimum thirty eight inches on that one, and then the extension of the arms. And really kind of caught the tip of the ball. It wasn't like he caught it pure in his hands. It was a remarkable play. It was and, it's gotta be one of just the best pure catches of his career. And he and Kittle and Juszczyk made a great catch too. Caught caught made catches on plays where they knew they were gonna get hit and held on to the ball too. Right. Well, Jimmy Jimmy throws these guys into I mean, compromising situations would be an understatement. He's just cause cause one, they don't get to catch it in their stomach and then kind of brace. Kittle is is one hand tapping it to himself. Ayuk's laid out. Listen, you mentioned this last week. It is it is normal in NFL games whether you got Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, or Jimmy Garoppolo that you're going to need some receivers. Whether it's Devontae, whether it's Mike Evans, they're going to have to make some pretty good catches, right, on a throw here or throw there. It seems like pretty consistently, if Jimmy completes thirty balls. I would say more than half of them are not the easiest ball for a guy to catch. It's just very, very complicated. And then, like you said, they are, they're stressing their body out and even they're, they're lucky that the rules are the rules because if it was, it, it could have been a physical bloodbath. If it was two, the old days. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. His, it, why, they're so high. Everything's so high. I don't get it. So high. It's not, he's so, Jimmy's small and the balls just fly high, really high, always high. I mean, I know it feels like maybe that's why he's throwing up. (laughs) It's like there's another drop, kinda. I mean, it was like, dude's fucking reaching up. So, Sanu, it might just because his body type relative to the other two wide receivers, he feels like he's 6'4, even though he's like 6'2. It just always feels like he's just laid out with his arms fully extended to catch every Jimmy Garoppolo throw. Traffic, yeah. One thing we've learned about Jimmy this year, he's way worse than I had remembered. And I I was already questioning his functional ability. Do you feel that way specifically after this game, or are you just saying big picture? Yeah, I think this game was kind of reflective of just balls flying all over. He's just not a consistent thrower of the football. He's lost himself. For a guy that the moment Trey was drafted, right, it was clear he was going to be on another team either, right, before the season, definitely after the season. Like, he was going to be on another team within the next 24 months or 12 months, 18 months, whatever. I I think the guy has lost a lot of credibility around the league as just someone. 
He's going to get a shot. But I, I, and we had the argument a couple weeks ago about the money. I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm not saying he's going to, someone's not going to take a, you know, the football team or Denver, someone bring him in. But I, if you tell me he gets brought in that spot and then can't win the job, like, I believe you. Now, it might depend on who else is yeah, there. Yeah, my whatever, prices but, come down. Yeah. He's just, he's getting, he gets worse. He just gets well, worse. I think, yeah, I think he gets worse. I think a lot of it, I, I think he's he's just it's as simple as this. Just some quarterbacks need a lot around them. Some quarterbacks it doesn't matter how much they have around them, and some quarterbacks don't need much around them. Those are the three categories. Quarterbacks don't need anything around them or don't need much help. Some quarterbacks can with help can give you something, and some quarterbacks it doesn't matter what you give them. And I think he's in the middle category. I I do think it matters what you give them, and I think you got to give him a lot of help, but you still have to do a lot. Of, it's, it still can go sideways. It still can go bad. And that's, you know, that's inconsistency. That's what that is. That's that's why you draft a quarterback is because your guy doesn't have it. They drafted a quarterback third overall, John. The Niners drafted a quarterback third overall. Not because they believed in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that they believe in him way less than they did even at the start of the season. Yeah. Right? Because I think sometimes well, it's, I, it's the nature I, of just they removing yourself too. from the previous season. Then they believe too much to start the year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, how about this? On the Instagram page, one of one belonging to Deshaun Jackson, he posted a Photoshop of himself in a Raiders Photoshop. uniform. Yeah, looks good. Looks a little thicker in this Photoshop. Um, I think the first report of this was Josina Anderson tweeting that Deshaun told her he's going to be a Raider. And so, I guess he's going to be a Raider. Yeah, I think? mean, I well, th- they have a huge need now with you know Rugs gone as a speed receiver. And you saw it today; uh, they just couldn't really push the ball down the field. Beside a couple of Darren Waller balls, he was just having to dink and dunk it because you know it just it changed their offense. Right, the no speed element really it felt uh, shortened the field for them just shortened the box for them, just tightened everything up. And he just does. Now, would you rather have before last Monday, right? Henry Ruggs is a better player. Like Deshaun Jackson that they're getting. You and I played golf with Shane Vereen uh, on on Friday and just picking his brain about some of the guys he played with. And he was like, I, I don't, I can't even, you know, articulate how fucking good this guy was. <laughs> like he was the best player on a loaded team and one of the best players in the country. And then when I got to Philly, it was a couple years removed, like he was in the peak of his powers. He was a remarkable player. He's not that guy anymore. He was playing like five, six snaps a game for the Rams. That's why he told John McVay, like, you got to trade me. He's like, well, you can seek a trade. And there was no seek the trade to be, you know, it wasn't available. No one was trading for Deshaun Jackson. But a little, it's, it's kind of similar but they have a winning record, like when the Niners, it's a desperation move. Like the, the Raiders don't ideally want to do this. They're forced into this situation. But he didn't make a couple of plays earlier this year. Like he can still run. And as long as you can still run, unlike with the Rams, because just the way their offense was, he's going to get a chance to play, right? He's going to, like next week, I mean, they play the Chiefs Sunday Night Football. I mean, wouldn't you imagine he's getting at least 20, 30 snaps for the Raiders? Like he's going to be on the field. I mean, 2030 might be a little high, but yeah, I expect him to get 
My guess is going to be like 15, 20. Yeah, 20 to 30 is a big jump. But let's just say, yeah, 15, 20, 25, somewhere in that, depending on how this week goes. He's in shape. He's been playing, right? It's not like he's been on the couch. To quote, Are you quoting Gus Johnson there? What? He's in shape! Old NCAA tournament highlight. Because well, I, I, let's say he had been out of the league all year and they just signed him right now. Then I, I would say, who knows? But he's right. been on a team and practicing. Like, he's he's in football mode. Um, you know, we talked earlier, or I guess the end of last week, after Derek Carr's press conference about um, how he's invaluable to the organization as a leader in trauma. Uh, I also think this is another area where, you know, the Rams, there were no reports that he was difficult. They just agreed that they weren't using him that much, and he wasn't getting used, and they were going to let him find another place. And I think Derek's great with players who, you know, historically I, we would call them like Devo receivers. I'm, they're not signed at OBJ. I think Derek would be good with Odell. I think Odell would like him because I think Derek, probably from his upbringing, being around Dave and just always being being around Andre Johnson, being around star receivers, understanding what a star receiver wants and understanding how a star receiver can help a quarterback. I think he wants to make plays for those types of players. I think he wants to be around those guys, star receivers, and be a star quarterback with a star receiver. Now, he's got a few stars around him as it is, Darren Waller, right, most notably. But I think Derek, like to me, Derek will not put his ego in the way of a star receiver. He will do his best to feed a star receiver's ego. It's why for everything that, you know, you you can't help if a guy is going to be whatever Antonio Brown was with the Niners. Uh, with the Raiders, but I think part of that was probably Gruden. Derek is now free to treat a star receiver however he wants, and everyone, including the coaching staff, will fall in line behind that. He did burn. And I think that, he did, but I think Derek is is good with 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 big kind of guys, big personalities, big needs, those types of players. Like I think Derek would be good with Juju. I think Derek would be good with that type. Of, now, I mean, he, Devante, that's an easy one. But I think Derek understands Crab, Crab, I think Crabtree, 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 and Amari I think Derek, are the easiest. No, Derek's been around his whole life. I think he gets it. I think he gets NFL players. And I think it helps him in this type of situation. I think it's a good spot for Deshaun to go, too. Yeah, I heard Schrager told Bill Simmons, and obviously he's really tied with Sean. Like you said, this was not. This was just a simple football thing. He just wanted to play more, and he didn't understand – and Sean was like, "Well, we just don't think you're as good as these other guys." Like it was just a, it was just a black and white football thing. It wasn't, you know, Deshaun's moping and they're not on the same page. Like McVay and him are buddies. Like Deshaun is not. I think it's as simple as now. Odell Beckham is not technically available right now. Like Sean is, he's a free eight. You can sign him right now. Odell still has to like pass through waivers, which. I need to text someone. I don't understand why he'd have to go through waivers. He's a ninth-year guy. Like I thought he's immediately just a free agent, but maybe it's after the trade related. deadline. Yeah, that's the one's a little oh. weird. But I, I, I do just wonder, like, if you ask Mayock, like on their board, if all things being equal, would they just rather have Deshaun than Odell Beckham Jr.? And I don't know. It, it could just be, you know, logistically. Sorry, you're asking, would the Raiders rather have Deshaun than Odell? Because, like, Deshaun tomorrow can show up at the Raiders and start, you know, doing stuff. Where Odell, yeah, Odell's probably better than him right now, but Odell comes with a whole other set of things. Yeah, maybe they didn't even want to mess with that. Like, Deshaun can be a compl- is a is a complimentary player at this point in they, his they, And that's what they need, kind of, right? Because, right. you know, Ruggs was going to become more... But based on his numbers, he was playing a complimentary role. He just could have more impact. I, you know, he's just a better player than Deshaun. Younger, 
yeah. faster, even though Deshaun can still really run. Like, I don't think anyone's going, you know, Deshaun's like a 4-4-8 guy now. I think he still, like, looks 4-3 to me running. But, you know, he's been injured. Uh, you know, the Rams, hell, I, it felt like they were taking shots to him earlier in the season. And then maybe he just I mean, fell did, out. Did of, we all just see the one same highlight? No, but it we happened ran, back. To, we ran but it happened sideways and slow. Remember it that? happened back to back weeks. They were taking shots to him, even in the rant, even in the game they lost. I remember watching against the or they beat the Bucks. They lost a game. Oh, they lost the Cardinals game. He was taking shots. Stafford threw a pick. I you mean, know, he I, got two, seven, ten, thirteen, fifteen targets in, in six games. He uh, no seven games. How many? Like how his many snap catches? count was. Uh, two, five, six, seven, eight catches. He went fourteen snaps, three snaps, twenty-one snaps, twenty-two snaps, twenty snaps, sixteen snaps, four snaps. So is he going to be happy if he gets twenty snaps? Well, he. I think he, did he lose it after the four snap game? This is not yeah, being tolerated for Deshaun. The four. <laughs> the four snap game was his last game. He does feel – I just saw in the chat someone said, you know, Odell Beckham is a lot like Josh Norman. Uh, there, There is a – Odell Beckham is a better player than Josh Norman today, right now, midseason. But there is an element with those two guys that it's just like – it doesn't feel the Deshaun, even though when you say his name, you feel like it does, but it doesn't really. Like, he's not bringing that. And clearly the Raiders – this happened immediately, right? It felt like the game ended and he was signed. Yeah. You know, because he posted this, I you know, it felt like in the first quarter of the Niner game. It's like, oh, Deshaun's on the Raiders. <laughs> you know, so they had lost that game, Max, at MetLife Stadium. And did they go into that game just waiting to see? Or do you think they were going to win or lose? They were, they were, I think win or lose, they were going to sign him. Yeah. And it's a good, for him, from his standpoint, I, I bet other teams were interested. It is a good spot because the guy who did his role is gone, right? Like you just fill that role. Like it's there was something there. It's now empty. He gets to go. Like a lot of teams. Like can you come help us? Like no, we are missing a guy. You play that position. Can you do that thing? Like it's it's pretty easy on his standpoint to just go. I am gonna play, right? Also, if you're him, you look around. You go. You take the list of teams, however many that are interested, and go. Okay, how many quarterbacks? Like Derek just makes a lot of sense to play with. Well, Olson had been with McVay too before Gruden got the job. Yeah. So he was. Actually, I guess he wasn't on the Rams then. I don't know where I was going with that one. Wait, who? Olsen? Or Deshaun was not on the Rams then, you're saying? Deshaun was on the Rams. But, like, I mean, he's tied with McVay. I'm sure they could just... But, again, the way Schrager had said it, who's just, like, BFFs with McVay, they did not have, like, a contentious breakup. It was just a football, I want to play more, you're not going to play more. You know, we'll do you assault, we're not going to keep you here. Some teams would be like, keep you here. Now, I guess when you're good, like, are you going to keep a veteran that's kind of moping? But again, I don't know if he was moping. He yeah. can get mopey. I mean, in my he experience, could. you know, he got. I saw him get kicked out of a practice, punt a ball over the bushes, <laughs> <laughs> got suspended. But that was contract. You know, they have to pay for that ball, or did somebody has to go chase that down? Uh, yeah. You? Just, I, no. Well, you couldn't. I mean, it was there's like the fence the around the Eagles practice facility, and then there's bushes, kind of like Wrigley Field, you know, that cover it so you can't see in because it's just Broad Street right there. He was really mad. You know, punt starts the practice, uh, but it's kind of loose. You know, it's not like the practice hasn't really started, but you start punt and him and Macklin are out there taking reps, and he's really, really angry at his contract situation. And he just, 
grabbed the ball and he fucking punted it over the thing. And then Andy and Deuce Daly almost like got in a fight with him. And then Andy put it to the locker room. And then it just, I think he was suspended by a couple days later. Again, this is 10 years ago though. Uh, so many big NFL headlines, John, to get to. That's a good story though. So many big NFL uh, headlines to get to before we do that. Let's tell the people about sleep number, sleep number.com slash ham sleep number.com slash ham you get a good night's sleep this week guy i slept like a rock on friday night saturday morning yes <laughs> oh God. not gonna lie again that second time golf with you in like last month i woke up pretty sore on, on saturday <laughs> felt like uh we just walked you know mount everest with golf clubs on our back but somehow we made it and i'm with you i slept like a baby because i have a sleep number bed and, you know, I try not to watch, especially during the week. It's a little different on the weekend. Not watch TV sometimes before bed. Not have the iPad in bed. This all helps with getting a better night's sleep. Uh, you and I both talk about the caffeine intake. It's, it's a balance, right? We, we all need it, but you don't want to have it too late in the day. Uh, can hurt your sleep. So, uh, yeah, sleep number. I've, we've both had sleep number beds for a long time. The quality sleep is life-changing. It's time for sleep number uh, Black Friday, guys, right around the corner. Save 50% on Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Yep. Plus special financing only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's right. Sleep, I'll say it again. Sleep Number's Black Friday specials are here. 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed you can save. Plus special financing only at Sleep Number stores. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash ham for details. Or as some say, details. Podcast also brought to you by Wine Access. Our friends at wineaccess.com slash ham. Where this deal is incredible. You save $50 off your first order of $150 or more. We've been talking about Wine Access for months. We've been drinking and ordering and sending Wine Access wine for months. It is the best wine you can find. Great deals. And right now, 50 bucks off your first order of 150 or more at WineAccess.com. Yep. Every bottle of Wine Access selected by their wine experts. Plus, you won't have to worry about shipping delays. Wine Access e-gift cards are perfect for everyone on your list. Ooh. Uh, just enter their email address, delivery date, and dollar amount. And uh, your receipt can choose their new favorite bottle. But give the gift of great wine with Wine Access. Remember, check out wineaccess.com slash ham. Like I said, $50 off your first order of $150 or more. Just go to our special URL, wineaccess.com slash ham. That's wineaccess.com slash ham. I've mentioned it before. If you, you, you know, you can search a million different ways by type of wine, variety, region, whatever. Uh, type and variety might be the same thing. But the beauty of wine access is even for somebody like me who doesn't know a lot about wine, they give you great breakdowns, let you know what it's good with in terms of food and uh, what some of the different flavors are so you can kind of look for something you like. And so one thing I did find that I really liked was the Two Angels Petite Syrah. Just one little recommendation from uh, average wine fan me who found something he really liked. Two Angels Petite Syrah. So good. 50 bucks off your first order or 150 or more. Wineaccess.com slash ham. All right, John, let's go through some other uh, NFL stories of the day. And uh, what are you grinning about? Well, I saw someone in the chat was like, uh, Stafford just pulled a Wentz. I look up, it's 13 to three, and he just threw a pick six. And oh, man. The, the Titans are kicking their ass. Wow. Are the Titans just going to have just the miraculous season from football heavens? You think? 
Well, I mean, they're six and two. They're the number one seed in football, and they're winning on the road right now. I don't know if they end up winning this game, but it, you you have to give them credit. Like they are, yeah, well, without Derek a run Henry? operation. Like, hey, hey, Kyle, hey, fucking call Mike Vrabel. Ask him what he's doing. He figures something out. Guy, he's making Todd Downing look like a good coach. Todd Downing. Matt Robinson on YouTube said Stafford threw a Jimmy level pick. That's one. That's one way to one way to describe it. Uh, theory for you, John. The Green Bay Packers lost to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs today. The final score of the game was uh, misleading. It was thirteen to seven. Made you think it was a game. I watched some of that game. I don't know if you watched any of that game. It was not a game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was. Did you see his final line? It wasn't great. Well, actually, it ended up better than it was. It was 20 to 37, 166 in a TD. Not good, but like it looked worse than that for much of the game. Do you think Aaron Rodgers called up his boys in Kansas City and said, hey, fellas, let's do this bitch like Tony Kukoc. Here's the game plan. <laughs> let's make this guy, let's make these guys look bad. Because whatever you want to say about Aaron, and there's been plenty said about him, it's a little harder to do the, let's move on from him. We're not giving him an extension. LaFleur and Jordan Love for life. Not that, again, first start, not, did, not, did not go well, John. Did not go well. But again, he, one issue I don't think people can quite wrap their head around is that wherever you stand on Aaron Rodgers, you know, swollen ivermectin, uh, not getting vaccinated, whatever. It's, I thought it's ivermectin. Is that oh, what it's called? No, I'm just definitely... It's it's gets argued that it's a horse. It's it's called something. I was like, it, clearly Rogan. It worked for him. I watched Aaron Rodgers. I watched that thing. I was at the gym. He was healthy as a horse. He looked like when he was talking to uh, what's his name. The team knew. The, the, no one is shocked in that building. They have all, every team, every GM, and the head coach knows the status of their players. So when he failed the test, like they knew if he failed the test, and once they had, I think it was a practice squad guy. Uh, well, clearly they had it the week before, right? Because Devontae had it, Lazard had yeah. it. So they had, you know, uh, their defensive coordinator had it, some compromised people. They they knew where Aaron Rodgers stood, right? Well, oh, let me. sorry. I didn't mean to mislead you and make you think that I give a shit. No, no, no. I, I know. I, I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying no, no, that, I know. like, I, I don't think people realize, like, the Packers, no, they didn't get hoodwinked or anything. They, they've known the whole time. Oh, oh I got you. I, the only part of this Aaron Rodgers story that interests me is what happens next. <laughs> and them looking like ass without him is good for his contract extension and bad for them moving on from him. But but my thing is everyone, I, like social media, everyone's so emotional. Like, guys, he's the fucking best player in the league. He's the reigning MVP. His team was 7-1. and one. He just had one of his best victories of his career. Like you, it's like, oh, they're just going to, what, kick him to the curb? Now, no, I think but- we talked about it. If love had been awesome, love's terrible. Right? Yeah, I I think well the other thing we talked about was would Lafleur like flex a little like here's a moment without Aaron is it just Aaron or is this you too and again it's not all one game doesn't make or break whether or not Matt Lafleur is a good coach without Aaron when the guy just might not be a good player right and he, yeah that too but I I don't think you can deny to what degree we don't necessarily know. I don't think you can deny that the situation, not the COVID situation with Aaron, just Aaron and that organization, it's less than ideal. And if they could replace Aaron with like a guy that they just is easier to be around, they would. I don't I, see. I don't know. He's because he's too good guy. No, no, like, you, no, no, no. Let me I'll repeat it. If you could just take Aaron out and be like, we'll give you another guy that's just as good as Aaron. They'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's mean, just 
like if I'm just saying, like what makes this whole dynamic so fascinating is that he's too good to move on from, but uh, they don't love it all the time with him. I think is, they've, I think they've loved, I think the last, I think this year has gone pretty well. It feels like, yeah, yeah, it has. Guy, they're fucking, they're, they're, they were seven and one going into this again. This dude, listen to my point is he made their off season shitty. No, I know. I, I'm he not saying that. that. But I'm, I'm saying, saying once the season started, like it's been good. Yeah, it has been. But they don't. If they could not work with him and work with somebody else just as good, they would do that in a heartbeat. And that's what makes this situation fascinating to me. Is it feels like it's always teetering, but he's so good, it no, no, no one can do anything about it. Yeah, but 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 that's just the bottom line of pro sports, right? Like, would you rather have Steph Curry or LeBron James? Well, I mean, but they're only like, I can only even list totally, like two or three totally. guys at I'm that level. I'm just saying level. it's what makes it a fantastic NFL story is it feels like it can't end. Well, now it's set. Like, it's just this kid is not, like, he ain't Wally Pippen, Aaron, right? No, but they might be in the situation again where is Aaron going to try and force his way out or will he just be happy with a contract extension for the next three years? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And then, you know, this guy didn't help his trade value. So it's not like, you know, you can just flip him for a second no. and move on. So even if he's like, hey, could we move on from Jordan? Does it just behoove them to just have Jordan as your backup quarterback? Or do they go, this guy's not even good enough to be our backup well, that, quarterback? That's, he, I hadn't thought about that. If it's like, oh, you know what? You don't want to make Aaron happy? Just getting rid of Jordan. They're like, well, for what? We're just going to cut him? We're not, no one's giving us a fourth. You know, I think you, you you probably get like a fifth, six, don't you think? Just for a project, which is yeah, bad, a bad return on a first round pick. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's <laughs> their a disaster. preference would be just to keep projecting him because they can't. Like we know, it, they can just make him the third stringer and just project away, right? I, I think the Chiefs got really lucky that he wasn't vaccinated because, assuming he could have tested out of it, right? Because he clearly got it. Like even he said, like watching it with McAfee, that he felt yeah. pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. On Tuesday night, felt better on Wednesday, and then by Thursday, it was good. Uh, he just needed to come defend himself. Uh, and I was thinking, like, you know, there's a there's a win for the little guys. McAfee's kind of like a version of us, like the little. And then I was like, well, it was on Google and YouTube. Like, no, the big boy won. Like, he has had seventy five thousand people watching on yeah YouTube. You know, thing owned by Google that's fucking way bigger than ESPN. <laughs> so it's like YouTube has more views on a daily basis than any cable network. So it's like, was it a win for the little guy, or was it really a win for YouTube, which is massive? Sports Center would have been the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs got very lucky today because clearly they're just off, right? Do they win this game if Aaron Rodgers plays? Like they scored do 13 they, points. Do they bring it if Aaron Rodgers plays? They might. I, but I think they've been bringing it. They've just been <laughs> off. Like, this is how they've been playing. Yeah. You don't think this is how they've been playing? No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I just, I do wonder. I feel like the Chiefs kind of do the thing where they're like, oh, we don't have our A game. Does we don't but need our A doing, game today? But their problem is they've been doing the A game no, thing right. all season long. Like they're just. It's a pretty fascinating game this week, Raiders Chiefs. I don't like. I'm not that you'd think the Chiefs are just you know with everything going on with the Raiders, the Sean thing is going to work, but it's, the Chiefs are just off. I, I have no, football. I have no feel for that game. I, you could convince me of any outcome. How about John? Uh, not to look ahead, we got other things to talk about, but just to quickly look ahead to next week, um, you got uh, Browns Patriots. You got Vikings, Chargers. You got uh, Seahawks, Packers, Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams, Niners. Rams, Niners was a little bit better on paper weeks ago, but I hear. <laughs> and Ravens, Dolphins. The hoodies having, I mean, his outfit walking into the game today was oh an all time. I mean, it was. Was that was his sweatshirt 
His double sweater was that pulled up or was it cut off? I couldn't tell. I think it was cut. I think it was cut it's too. Like a like for his sports bra. His sports bra and the let. Well, oh, I mean, it looked like a, it was just yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his the sweat legs. It reminded me of when you were a kid and you would like me. You would like play football in the yard and you just got like get your pants and roll them up to your knees so they look like football pants. Like he knows what he's doing when he leaves the house with one pant leg up and one pant leg three quarters. But did you hear Shane talk on Friday? Like he just that's just he just looks terrible. Like he is not. He doesn't even think about that stuff. I, I maybe he knows he's gonna get picked. I I think he's so locked in to come beat the shit out of the Panthers and oh they did. Guy they are with the Bills losing today. They are five and three. The Patriots are not like they beat the Browns this weekend. I mean you're talking about a team. Could they compete to win the conference? Like, clearly their defense is really good and their coach is elite. To me, the question is just, they do have a rookie quarterback who's, like, I don't know if you saw his stat line, and he's not lighting anyone on fire right now. But they can really run the ball. So they yeah. can run the ball, they can play defense, and their coach is elite. Like I, And the AFC is terrible right now. I mean, the Chiefs to are me is- weird. The Titans are winning, but, like, do you really trust them as the season goes on? What was Max line that I was looking for it? Uh, he was 12 of 18 for 139 yards of touchdowns and a pick. Yeah. And they, they won 20. They won by, uh, they won by 18 points. Yeah. He's not going to be the rookie <laughs> of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Darnold, uh, Darnold threw three intercepts. Darnold's a disaster. Disaster. It's, it's, a, it's over. He's just not very good, but it's not over because they picked up his fifth year option. So he's on the books next year for 19. What a mess. Yeah. It's, it's bad. We sure Matt Rule doesn't want to be on another team? Well, he's stuck. Um, Jags beat the Bills. Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen, and Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. Turns out Josh Allen doesn't have a middle name, but Josh Allen does. Say it again. Josh Allen, the quarterback, has a middle name, but Josh Allen, the pass rusher, does not have a middle name. Gotcha. In fairness to Josh Allen, like it's funny when you say it out loud. It's not like he's an undrafted free agent. Wasn't he the seventh pick in the draft? The pass rusher from uh, top 10. Kentucky. Yeah, he was a really good player. I, it just, you know, because it is so funny. Like Josh Allen, number 41 for the Jags is really good. But that's, I, I mean, I was watching the broadcast. They're like, you know, this is crazy. The Bills are the highest scoring offense in the league. And, you know, most of the game is six to six. Yeah. Anytime you're just in that six to six game, you know, I didn't think the Bills were going to lose until they lost, but when you're just in that game, it, you can lose. You're like, this is pretty nuts. Oh, I finished in second, 22nd place. In our DraftKings game, only one person took the Jags' defense. That person was me. How many points? 17. Um, the, the problem was I took Josh Allen, the quarterback, on my team as well. Not a great DraftKings fantasy yeah. Uh, strategy. Whatever defense you're taking, it, you probably shouldn't take the quarterback. No, you should not. Play. No, you, know? you should that not. And the Jags good. defense was $2,000. So it's not like I was, you know. They right call. I mean, fair. through two picks, they didn't score a touchdown. I mean, they, they had a hell of an effort. Yeah, it might have been a blind placeholder lineup that almost got me into the money. Congratulations, by the way, to Travis Burdett, who uh, won first place, won the 225 bucks in the Haberman and Middlecoff Draft Kings League. Not in that. Um, I felt really good about the defense I picked. I'm like, who'd you pick? I was like Broncos Cowboys. Like this is a Cowboys like 28 to seven win written all over it. And then I look up and it is just a bloodbath. I get people forwarding me Dax line 
our text chain with Devin from Tito's. We're making fun of him. I had a couple other people like, have you seen what the Cowboys are doing? I was like, no, I'm not really that locked in. And every time I'd look, I was like, what is going on? They got, the Niners got their ass kicked. I would say the Cowboys got their ass kicked even more. Because at one point in time, I think it was like 19 to nothing. And it just, you know, Dak had 30 yards. Zeke got hurt. Uh, I, I know they scored some late points, but it was... Uh, Fangio's 5-4. I know, and you you fired him on the last podcast. Uh, well, he's not fired yet. He's like, Shanahan, you are not getting this job. <laughs> Irony is the Niners would love to have Vic Fangio. So would a lot of teams. Now, Dak um, ended up throwing a couple touchdowns, but... Yeah, but he was still under 50%, wasn't he? I, when I saw when I saw that... In the fourth I did not wa- Even though we had that game, I think, we, we had access to that full game. I only saw it on red zone. Um, when I, that, when that I saw the first... A, that game was not getting a screen. <laughs> when I saw that first update, I thought, oh, damn, Dak is still... Cooper Rush is starting again. I mean, can't ask... You know, you can't ask Cooper Rush to do it again. But no, it was just... John John uh, on YouTube says it was 26 to nothing. 26 to nothing. That's what it was, yeah. they Holy they shit. They're, they're 16 points. So what was the final? 30 to 16. The, the Cowboys scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. So it was like that's. But it was twenty six. How did they end up at thirty? Or was it twenty seven? It was six. It was nineteen. It was twenty seven to nothing. Twenty seven to nothing. Twenty seven to nothing. It was thirty to eight with four minutes left in the game. That's pretty bad. How many snaps of Miami Houston did you see? Uh, you know, probably I think two, maybe on red zone. Yeah, I didn't watch many. I, I saw Jacoby Brissett pick. I saw a Jacoby interception, and uh, that was about the extent of it. Um, you know what? I did think something watching the Browns today, minus S- Sands OBJ kicking the Bengals' ass, which is the one thing I'd say for Baker, right, is that he he does thrive just when people tell him he can't do something, when, they're, when he's being counted out. And I don't think he's a great player, but – they do have something that when it works, it really works. And they ran the hell out of the ball. Chubb went for 137, two touchdowns. I mean, he's fantastic. Did you see one of his touchdown runs, how fast he looked moving up and down, and he hit the Jets? It was like, Jesus Christ, how? this guy's sweet. <laughs> he, I mean, it was incredible. His, he, he, when he hits the Jets, th- their formula is pretty simple. W- when that kid, he's not a kid, but when that guy is toting the rock, they are really good. To me, to me, when they're when he is humming, and and usually when he was humming with Kareem Hunt, who's got the calf injury, but when Chubb is humming, that to me the highlights of the play action of him just hitting deep bombs off that is just like that is the Stefanski like Kyle Shanahan McVay with Goff. I, it looks like they spread it around a little more. Sorry, Kyle Shanahan. Well, I'm just saying like that offense. You know, not. Kyle Shanahan, 2021. I'm just saying, oh. Kyle Shanahan, 19. You know, when you can run the ball, it becomes an unstoppable force. And the Bengals, to say what you want, that Jets loss really threw them off. <laughs> I mean, because they were feeling themselves after kicking the Ravens' ass, and they got just dog walked. I think, as the kids say today. Oh, but like last week, they they were winning that game late in the game. Now, Mike White. One thing that jumped out to me Thursday night before he got hurt. Yeah, he does have a really strong arm. Like, I, I don't think losing to Mike White was as crazy as we thought it was at the time that it happened. And the Bengals, like, do we just look back and the Bengals are a 
seven, eight, nine win team. When you eight, nine, like you're going to lose some games. Now the Browns, though, they, everything to go through with the OBJ, they were kind of in shambles, and to kick the shit out of the Bengals on the road. Now I know you know the road game. It's I don't know how far away Berea, Ohio, is from you know downtown Cincinnati. Yeah, but it's crowd noise. I mean, it's just yeah. That's a that was that was an impressive win. I, I thought that was one of the more just start to finish weird shit going on, like just shut everyone up and kick ass and take names. Everyone's yeah. shitting on bait. One thing that's weird about former players, and so many of them are on TV, and I, I don't watch any of the shows, but I just get it all tweeted on my timeline. There were just a lot of guys talking a lot of shit about Baker, and I go, hey, you know, I've never been the biggest Today Baker or just in general? I'm just saying over the last several days. You know, like, this is on Baker, not on Odell. Like, I, I, I felt a lot of former players were act, making a lot of excuses for Odell Beckham. It's like, we're at the point now where this is an Odell Beckham issue. And, and then did you see one of the headlines today was like, Odell's already telling everyone, if you're not a contender, do not claim me. And I thought someone's like, now he's dictating the terms? Like, why is he always on, like, the defensive? Like, Baker or Odell, just, it's a, it's a you issue. It's you. It's you. Like, I... Baker was awesome today. Awesome would be strong, but he was good. Hit the so, people's yeah, Jones he, ball was sweet. Yeah, they did what they had to do. It's too bad because they could probably use, I mean, I know they got people's Jones, but they could use a dynamic, excellent receiver. Uh, Jarvis was three for 11, but whatever. I I think they, I think, well, I think Cleveland being good is one of my, or just being in the mix I haven't thought about like what my list of my favorite teams to be in the mix are, but Cleveland being in the mix is good. Like they've got good players. Baker's interesting. I like their coach. Their environment's sweet. Their uniforms should be ugly, but I like them. They always throw me because I should. Their uniforms should be hideous, but they work. It's cold in the, uh, you know, in the postseason. That place would be rocking if they're in the playoffs. AFC has five, five and four teams right now, including them. Um, and that's New fighting for that seven spot. And Pittsburgh's four and three. New England, Kansas City, Cleveland, Cincy, Denver, plus Pittsburgh at four and three, and the Raiders at five and three. I mean, it's the AFC is wide open, wide open. And Indy's four and five. They're not. I don't count them out yet. Did you see Ursay's tweet today? No. Was it him singing by a tree in the park? No, not no singing videos. He had a tweet today. That was absolutely. I don't want to screw it up. It's, it was too incredible. Uh, about it was a tweet. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now, just because. Uh, Jags beat the Bills nine to six. If we would have held on to our double digit leads in our home Tennessee game and away Baltimore game, we'd be the best team in the AFC. What does it mean? Question mark. We're close. Keep fighting for greatness. It's like he it'd be one thing. Hey, if we hadn't blown that game last week, we're right there. He tweeted multiple games. If we had held on the like Jim, that's part of winning and losing. Like you blew the games, you're not the best team in the league. Like no one, what are you talking about? Uh, most teams could tweet that out. But here's where he is lucky. They are not dead by any means. And you watch them like they're pretty t- you know, it wouldn't shock me if they get in. I I, I don't see no. how the Patriots with Bill don't find a way in the playoffs. They just feel like they're going to be a playoff. They're too well coached, too good on defense. I, I feel most confident about the Patriots. Not as I think the Bills and Patriots are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, I don't feel John as confident D- like Raiders, Chiefs. Like I, it's hard for me just to count out the Chiefs, even with how weird they are. 
uh, uh, Oregon uh, Jonathan Smith just fired his defensive coordinator. Swear Tim Tibisar. Yeah, just looking at Twitter Sunday night. We got to turn yeah, this we... ham. Cor- we got to turn this. Ham- we, we we need like uh, somebody to come on here and spray some uh, incense or something, something to change the vibes. In fairness, he was scoring points, right? I guess he's not even the coordinator. He's a head coach. <laughs> You're in charge of it all when you take a step back. That's right. Hainer Hainer threw three picks. Boise man. Got I, AB, that place people in my men- I had some Boise State people in my mentions doing the gif where it's like throwing at handing out L's. I was like, oh. that was a big time ass kicking. That yeah. was. I mean, I I didn't watch one second of the Oregon State game. You were describing it to me. It, I mean, that was it was a great cool. finish. It, it was, was a great actually finish. a great game. Bad loss, but the or the the Boise State Fresno State game was a one sided, absolute. I was watching it. Beat down, <laughs> beat down, yeah, beat down, guy, beat down. I I, I just I, I got emotional. I I put. I was like, you know, I put $500 in the account in the morning. I'm, like, I'm just going to put a pretty big bet on this game. I'm feeling it. I didn't feel that great. I'm like, minus five. Don't, you know, the number's a little weird. And you could tell right away. I'm like, I am in trouble. I was texting with Cam Worrell because I saw him yelling on Cam Worrell, our buddy, played in the league, Bulldog, great guy, sideline reporter for Fresno State. And I was watching the game and I could see there was Boise scores a touchdown and you can see Cam. He wears like these red headphones. Uh, yelling at the referees from the sideline. I was texting him, like, what is going on? He's like, they're all more than four yards down the field. They're run blocking on RPOs, and they're throwing the ball. It's cheating. It's bullshit. They're letting them get away with it. The refs don't care. So they cheat. Why didn't the, do- why didn't the dogs do it? Not part of their offense? I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I-, I was texting with uh, Bo Sweeney, the son of famous quarterback, and quarterback himself. Because he I, he had tweeted a picture of his of his young baby, who was going to like his first tailgate, and he was just so excited, and we were just DMing back and forth. And then I, I by the time the game ended, I was pretty intoxicated, and I was just texting to different people. I'm like, this feels like a a major program letdown. Like, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm very just I'm I'm heartbroken to be honest with you. And I just got a, a sellout. I was on several text threads of like, this one really stinks, <laughs> you know? Because I, I we know a lot of people that not just guys on the sideline or Tainer playing in the game, but like we're in the, at the game to support the program root on the program. And then to get curb stomped by just rival. I don't know if it's quite fair because I think Boise's over the last couple of decades definitely had the upper hand beside the one moment several years ago where the dogs got them late in a game. It, that was a, uh, our program's just better than yours when it matters most, which hurts. Yeah, it hurt because it's rare that a Boise game on paper should be easy. Yeah, not the advantage. Easy, but it's advantage like, you know, just, Fresno. Yeah, just you know what, take care of business, move on. I was like, oh, what's that? Did you see the Cincinnati game on Saturday? Tulsa, Cincinnati. Uh, so like, no. Michigan State had already lost. I did not know that till today that they lost. Michigan State lost. So no wonder people are talking about Oregon now potentially being number two, right? Or th- yeah, yeah, because Alabama has one loss. Alabama. I think everybody kind of played Oregon. I, it was not as close as the final score. The final score was 10. Did you watch 20, the Oregon game? 26-16. No. Yeah, because torrential downpour. Torrential downpour. You told me you were watching football on Saturday, but you haven't. Every game I ask you if you watch, you weren't watching. <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was just playing a little, you know, on and off the field. You know. <laughs> game I were on. Game I were on. T- I understand. Game were on TV. I, you know, I wasn't. I, I wasn't like I the Niners taking notes here. I understand what was happening. 
So, yeah, anyway, snap over the punters. Washington was punting late, snap over their head safety. They were down eight. They were going to try and get the ball back with like a minute left. That game was not as close. But in any event, Alabama beats LSU by like a score. Oregon-Washington's like a two-score, one-score game, depending on the time of game. Um, Cincinnati is up eight on Tulsa. Tulsa is like throughout the – Tulsa was leading that game. Like Cincinnati was going to lose. Wow, I didn't know that. Cincinnati has the ball late, um, like on their own five yard line, and they fumble, coughed it up. Tulsa recovers it and cannot score first and goal from like inside the five. Fourth down, down, eight, the, down eight. Down eight. So they need the score in the two point. The quarterback on third down, you got to see the highlight, keeps the ball, comes around the corner, and just like panics. Like, gets kind of scared, kind of tries to fall into the end zone and does, but his knee hits before he falls into the end zone. He thought he was going to get blasted, so he just kind of went down. But his knee hit at, like, the half-yard line, and so the ball didn't break the plane in time, even though he fell into the end zone, because he kind of freaked. So fourth down, running back, reaches, ball gets knocked out before it breaks the plane, and Cincinnati survived. Wake Forest lost. They were unbeaten ACC. Butcherbox.com slash ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. They were uh, not, they were a three point underdog going into that game. Yeah, North Carolina. I mean, it was like 50, whatever. I'm just saying, like, it was top 10 was Michigan yeah. looked good. Michigan looked good. Texas, uh, I know you saw the Texas score. What was the final score there? Well, you tweeted it, didn't you? It wasn't like, oh, yeah, they lost again. Got their ass kicked. Yeah, they just, they always lose. Again, I was intoxicated some of my night. Oh, tweets, sorry. You know? But uh, yeah, it was just pole assassin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pole assassin. <laughs> I, the here's the one assassin. question I would have. It's like uh, Alabama, you know, wins the game 20-14 playing LSU. Like LSU. Oh, and Ohio not- State. Nebraska gave him a fight, but. No, but Nebraska. Have you seen that they're like seven losses? I think they're three and seven. Have been a, by the average of like four points a game. The, the the total score of all seven losses, wow, is is like twenty three points. It's it's a very very small number. And then their couple wins, you know, are huge bluffs. Like you're wasting too many points. They they, you know, their argument's going to be like they've really made progress. They just can't win games because they are they're not just some team you just close your eyes and kick their ass. Right, like if they if they just played like random like Oregon State, right? When Oregon State's like a seven and five team, if you played Nebraska and Oregon State on a neutral field, like I'm taking Nebraska, or if you play took you know a random team in the Big Twelve, you know like TCU yesterday beat uh, Baylor, you know they fired Gary Patterson. Yeah, I just think sometimes like some of these teams, yeah, it's just like the but my point is on Alabama LSU. I saw Yogi saying that like it wasn't a good law a win. I, I I do think it's a little like uh, divisional games in football where it's like the Bills could play the Dolphins and could be a little tighter. It doesn't mean the Dolphins are that good, but it's not going to shock you if it's like ten six going into the fourth quarter. Like yeah, LSU players are not just going to be like, oh yeah, we suck. Ed's gone. Let's just let Bama fucking bend us over. Like they, they do have still have NFL guys, right? I, I just, I guess my point is, I, I don't think Alabama by any means is as good as they've been in previous years when they've, you know, won national championships or even lost the national. Like this team feels a little off. Just think they've lost so many players over the last couple of years that were so high end. It was just bound to like, maybe this is just a year you lose in the first, you know, the final four. But I don't look at that barely win, right, as some like terrible win. No, I don't either. And I think, like that's why I said, I thought a lot of teams in the top five kind of won in a similar way. I mean, uh, Oregon dominated the lines of scrimmage. Um, if you thought Alabama was better before, then you probably still think they should be one spot ahead. But I do think just off that Ohio State win, Alabama doesn't have a game that looked like that. They're, they didn't – Not nobody – I don't think anybody really 
Nobody looked bad. Nobody had great style points either. So I expect it to be one, two, the same three, Oregon, four, Ohio State, five. I think Cincinnati. I think one thing that's scary for Oregon is it does feel like Utah's getting their mojo a little bit. And that Utah is getting their mojo. <laughs> and they're probably going to play them twice because Utah just about has the Pac-12 South wrapped up. The Pac-12 South is the... Uh, Did USC yeah. play just rotate quarterbacks the whole game? Uh, yeah, they're just they've they are playing a, an irrelevant season in the most irrelevant way. I mean, it's just that playing out the string. I mean, it cannot end fast enough for USC. Cannot. No. It's just whatever. Yeah. I, I as I told somebody last night, like I'd be pissed that they're rotating quarterbacks. Except I don't even. It doesn't matter at all. What different? Who cares? Do you think it's? Poor reflection that he immediately takes a job like Georgia Southern. Like, that's Clay Helton. He just gets the Georgia Southern job. Like, even like Sark and Lane, like, you know, yeah, Bama OCs, Atlanta OCs. Like, they, right. were, they had a lot of, like, this guy's the Georgia Southern head coach. And it feels like, God, it feels right. You know? I mean, instead of like becoming the coach at Nevada, you know? But, he, but well, or he just like, you know, he's the co- he's the offensive coordinator next year for the Minnesota Vikings or, you oh, know, yeah. Just some, you know, there, Lane you, and Sark had options. Yeah, I will say yes. Like, I do. Some people just do want, just want to be a head coach at all costs. Yeah. As opposed to a coordinator at a bigger program, you know, but all right. Anything else to add today on that note? Uh, If you're in the YouTube, hit a hit that like button on the way out. Your guys are hanging here. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Maybe just hit that like button on the way out the door. We'd we'd appreciate that too. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Have a great week, despite the circumstances, if you're a Niner fan or you had a bad weekend, if you're a Raider fan or whatever your team is, we're here to talk about the bad and the good, but we, you know, in the end, it's all fun. So have a great May the peace be with you. Adios, Pelota. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.